Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Who You Got. My name is Dayton Haman. Who You Got is a show about creating brackets for things that don't normally have brackets. Now, you may be asking, what is a bracket exactly? Well, a bracket or tournament bracket is a tree diagram representing a series of games played in a knockout tournament. Each episode, we create a bracket for a specific topic and determine the best of that topic through a series of debate matchups. Today, helping me battle our way through this elite championship is my rival. Uh, what was his name again? Ah, yes. His name is Jacob Cleveland. How are you, Jake? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Now, Jake and I have known each other for, oh boy, since the beginning of college. And, uh, yeah. Wow. Time flies. But we connected over the topic that we're discussing today. So, but before we get to that, we have a few rules to discuss. First of all, there are five minutes allotted to each matchup, and at the end of five minutes, we'll decide a winner based on the arguments, not on our own preferences. And as a sort of rule 2.5, the five-minute thing has really gone out the window <laughs> the past couple episodes with guests. But we're just going to have fun with it. We're just going to see how this goes. If we need to keep talking, we're going to keep talking. Five minutes are up, and we're done. We're done. So, at any rate... If you've been following us on social media, you've already filled out your bracket and you're ready to battle alongside us for today's topic. The best generation of Pokemon video games. In November of 2019, we saw the beginning of the eighth generation of Pokemon with the release of Pokemon Sword and Shield. Now, the debates about the finest mainline entries in the franchise have reached a fever pitch, so Jake and I are here to settle the score once and for all and crown the greatest generation. That's what we're going to call it. That's the nickname writes itself. So let's take a look at the bracket. We have in round one, generation one, that is Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow, going up against generation five, that is Pokemon Black, White, and Black 2 and White 2. In round two, we have Generation 2, Pokemon Gold, Silver, and Crystal, going up against Generation 6, that is Pokemon X and Y. Round three, we have Generation 3, Pokemon Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald, going up against Generation 7, that is Pokemon Sun, Moon, and, po and Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Then in round four, we have Generation 4, Pokemon Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum, going up against Generation 8, Pokemon Sword and Shield. Now, as you probably noticed, these seedings are a bit more purposeful than usual. We're uh, sort of attempting to buck some of the typical comparisons across Pokemon generations and generate some new discussion here. We really want to pinpoint what makes each of these generations beloved by different groups of Pokemon fans. So, as I mentioned, lots of discussion around Pokemon right now. Tons of it. What are your thoughts on everything that's been going on, Jake? Oh, God, where do I even begin? There's... <laughs> so much happening with <laughs> the the event of shield and sword entering yeah and it's the dexit thing is like the main topic there's plenty of heat on both sides yeah. defending it and not defending it to put it very bluntly right yeah exactly um, and now oh you, thankfully you were among the one of the sort of earlier adopters that actually convinced me to pick up pokemon sword and shield and I've gotten back into the game since then. I, yeah. I, I, how was your experience with the Generation 8 game so far? It's it's grown a lot more on me as I've played. There's there's definitely some merit to some sides of the argument. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously with the, the expansion passes coming, that seems to so rectify. Excited. It looks sweet. I'll, yeah. I'll buy it for the birds alone. Uh, yeah. But 
that that seems to rectify some of the issues and there's other quality of life things that have really grown on me and and I'm loving it yeah. quite a bit. That's awesome. Yeah, I uh, we'll definitely get into it a little bit more yes. once the sword and shield round comes up. But as I mentioned up top, Pokemon was one of the things that you and I initially connected over. Yeah. This was right around the time when X and Y were about to come out. Right. So it, Pokemon is pretty much, I mean, for me, it's always, almost always been a part of my life. I, whenever I talk about it, I tell people I don't remember a time in my life when I didn't know what yeah. a Pokemon was. Does that, does that resonate with you? Yeah, pretty much. I my earliest memories are like Game Boy in hand as nerdy as that sounds, but no, I mean, I, yeah, same dude started, started at the generation one and I've been with all of them since. Yeah. 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 So what keeps you coming back each generation? You think? Oh, I just think like, I really kind of enjoy the team building and like the strategizing of it and just like the hunting and catching and like finding cool shinies or something or, or just like catching my favorites over and over. Yeah. I think is, is one of my favorites and it's just like, it's always been there and I've always enjoyed the games. Yeah. You know, I've, I haven't been like thoroughly disappointed with any of the games. So I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what makes this debate so interesting. And what I think makes the entire generation eight issue pretty fascinating too, is that Pokemon is never really heinous. (laughs) Right. There's, there's really no like losers. There's some generations aren't as good as others and right each have their own defining qualities but i feel like they're all good pokemon games exactly yeah i think the core concept of pokemon is so strong and i think it does go back to what you said about why you enjoy the game so much and that's that team building aspect there's an inherent sense of personalization yeah when you're building your pokemon team and the replayability too i think yes um I, as well. I, just thinking back, I was going through these generations in, in order to prep for this. And some of these games I haven't played in some time. Some of them I've played through virtual consoles uh, mm-hmm. more recently than others. But others are still sort of lost back in the ether of like 2004. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it, but to look back and think, man, I caught a lot of these Pokemon. I played with a lot of these mm-hmm. Pokemon. I uh, got to experience a lot of what these characters and their unique designs they had to offer. And I think that's just what makes it really special is that you get to it. Pokemon games really feel like adventures. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And there, and it's different every time. And there's so many ways you can change how you play the game, especially with like Nuzlocke and all that kind of thing. You can make your own rules to, to play it differently when you go back to it. Yeah. I think that's really cool. Most definitely. Yeah. So shall we get into it? Yeah, let's. Excellent. Let's enter the world of Pokemon. Get your brackets ready. Let the battle begin. We have Generation 1 going up against Generation 5. We have a tentative five minutes on the clock. And here we go. So, are you a Gen 1-er? <laughs> oh, no, I don't think so. I'm usually one who, like, turns the other cheek when it comes to nostalgia glasses and nice. nostalgia goggles or whatever. I I like to judge things based on more concrete issues than... Uh, you know nostalgia yeah absolutely so, so yeah i'm I, i'm not a gen one i'm not a purist i'm like mm-hmm. uh these these look like digimon you know <laughs> gosh i hate that argument so what much. is this an ice cream cone anyway we're gonna get to the ice cream later oh okay. let's. <laughs> but so okay so concrete elements so what yeah. concretely sticks out to you about generation one it's it's the beginning it's it's the origin yeah. of everything so it's it's like it it 
despite me saying there's, I don't want to like latch onto it for nostalgia reasons. Mm -hmm. I also have to give it merit. Like this is where it all began. Yeah. You, You can't, you can't deny that. And I think there's, I think there's a lot to be said for the fact that this was the beginning and the core concept of Pokemon is so well explored. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think it's so cool. I mean, we, we've always had sort of our, uh, you know, RPG party building, but this, you know, as we set up top, it really made it much more about collection and expression mm-hmm. and in some cases emotion. Cause these, these creatures, they feel like pets, they feel like companions, that sort of thing. And the fact that it captured that so well, uh, on <laughs> on the Game Boy handheld way back when yeah. it was black and white and it was 16 ju- bit or whatever. Yeah, pixels were the size of hams. And yeah, it, it's pretty unreal how vast the game feels for its time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I just I, I love that we can all sort of hold on to those the the the, the playground rumors and things yes i i was just gonna try and bring that up the the like mystery around it mm-hmm. and this kind of lends itself to like the early internet days where you yeah. couldn't just google like how do i get mew and those kinds of things like there definitely is the the mystique to to just the whole world too yeah not knowing what's next right and the fact that the game was so big where all of those those rumors about Mew and certain glitch Pokemon yeah. and, you know, secret bosses, whatever you want to call it, the, all of those seemed very plausible. Right. Yeah. You know, and I, 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 you know, I like to think it wasn't just because we were just gullible kids. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think there was there was something to be said about, you know, this this game was big and it felt really infinite at times. Yeah. So. Yeah, I I think there's I'm not a Gen Oneer either. I, I I have a lot to say about certain Pokemon designs, especially from Generation One. I think a yeah. lot of them are yeah, are, are real. Could easily argue same way against Generation One. Right. Yeah. It's uh, I, the game is clunky. It's hard to play now, even on the virtual console. It's I, really I slow. I don't think I could go back and play <laughs> through it just because like not being able to like run at the very oh, least, <laughs> like. I would press the B button all day and it would do nothing and I would not like it. Right. And yeah. Yeah. It's there's it. It's a product of its time. Yes. Yes. (laughs) It really is. And so it's, I can't say that this is like a super timeless game inherently. Like there's elements Mm -hmm. here that carry on through the Pokemon games, uh, the other generations for very good reasons. Yeah. But it's, it's not perfect. So mm-hmm. Gen Oneers think that over. But Generation Five, on the other hand, uh, what do you think about these games? I, I, I it's it's interesting because they came at a sort of a funny time in my life. It was sort of the middle of high school, so, and so I, I I can't say there was the social aspect that Generation One had, but I still really liked these games because they felt like genuine creative risks with all the new Pokemon mm-hmm. and more of a 3d design and much more urban uh, sort of Americanized environments, that sort of thing. Uh, what are your initial thoughts on, on those two black and white and black two and white two for that matter? Yeah. I, I really liked black and white. Um, I think it was kind of supposed to be like a reboot where right. it's, it's yeah. Taking, taking all the, the great elements of gen one and, and, um, remasking those for the for the modern age or however um, yeah sort of echoing them in a more contemporary sense yeah yeah so I I have a lot that I like about 
black and white, but and I can't really think of much I don't like. Okay. Too specifically. Right. Um, yeah, I thought the world, like the the cities and everything, were really cool, fleshed out. Like having your first like large city, yeah. really. And um, I don't. We should have gone over all the names of these. Yeah, I think it was a, is that Castellia City? Castellia City, is, yeah. Is the, maybe. Is the sort of the so New York. That's where you get Castellia cones, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, it's the New York analog, basically. Yeah, The yeah. downtown Manhattan analog. Yeah, and having, like, the, the business people, like, run past you and yeah. shout at you. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I heard, as I, was, as I was researching this, that... It, the the region of Unova where black, Pokemon Black and White and Black and White Two it take place it is technically the most populated because there's the most NPCs present. Yeah, I'm like that's hilarious. Uh, I mean, that, <laughs> it, it makes sense with sort yeah. of how they position Unova against the other regions, but that that just really hammers home the point mm-hmm. that like this is a real bustling, crazy world. Like I th- I think even tiny things like this is the first time you really saw cars. <laughs> True. In the Pokemon yeah. universe, and uh, that, other than the truck in like Ruby, oh yeah, that you get moved in. Yes, or but, the or the infamous Mew truck yeah, in Generation okay, One, the Mew truck, but <laughs> functioning vehicles, exactly with outsides like, and and everything. Yeah, right. To see you know trucks rushing by and that sort of thing, I think there was something very compelling and made the world seem all that more rich and alive and yeah. that sort of thing. I think the real kicker for a lot of people in Generation Five is the Pokemon designs. A lot of them like we said, are meant to echo a lot of the Generation 1 staples. Yeah. Uh, but some of them are pretty out there designs. Yeah. You mentioned ice cream cones earlier. Ice How do you feel cones. about the van- vanillaite line? It's it's fine. I don't, I'm not in love with the that line. Yeah. Um, I've never really like used them mainly for other reasons, but I, I don't have any issues with it. I yeah. feel that there's literally a pile of trash, <laughs> which is also super endearing. I don't yeah, know why people yeah. crap on it. <laughs> it's, it's fine. Like one of them was like a pokeball or something. And so I don't know. I, I don't hate it. Yeah. I, I think people sort of judge it unfairly because I feel like if the vanilla, which is sort of a, you know, ice cream, ice type Pokemon. It kind of looks like Scoopy from Culver's, the Culver's mascot. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, I I feel like if he, if, if that line or the, the Trubbish line, which is, you know, mm-hmm. tr- pile of garbage, uh, sentient garbage. Uh, if those had been introduced in Gen 1, we would have been fine with it. Yeah. Because, you know, we, yeah. we have Voltorb, who's literally right. just... And a live Pokeball, yeah. which seems kind of too self-referential for the first generation, yeah. if you ask me. And then we have Grimer and Coughing. Magnets. Are, magnets. It's, what do they do? I, I think a lot of these designs were super purposeful. Uh, you know, as, as odd as they seem, they're really meant to evoke, like, these are literally just, like, sentient objects or sentient yeah. ideas like uh, like there were in, gen, in Generation 1. So, yeah. you know... I know people out there listening, they're probably not a huge fan of some of these designs, but I'll, they make sense with the way mm. the genera- Generation 1 Pokemon were structured. Yeah. I uh, I think they make a lot of sense here. So, yeah. yep, I, I'm trying to think, too, of what really bugs me about uh, Gen 5, and there isn't a whole lot. No. I think the story, ugh, I appreciate it's, where it was going. Yeah. But it's a bit convoluted. <laughs> yeah, it kind of tries to get too real for being like a pretty much children's video game i think there's a lot of a lot of um questioning into like what is human existence or like (laughs) what is what is my purpose kind of thing right and but yeah it was 
it was a good attempt. I feel I really enjoyed the story. I thought it was pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. And, and I know a lot of people enjoy that. Like the gym leaders actually do stuff yes, outside dude. of the gyms. Yeah. So absolutely. that's, that's nice. And yeah, I think, I think the storyline with the legendaries really was cool. Yeah. I, I, I like when Pokemon takes the time to really challenge its own sort of world building. Mm-hmm. So anybody who might not be familiar in Pokemon black and white and black and white too, they talk about the relationship between Pokemon and people and if it's really uh, right for yeah. people to be fighting with Pokemon. Yeah. And so, it, so the, the evil team, the, you know, sort of the, you know, the team rocket of this world, uh, team plasma is not for Pokemon battling, but it's an interesting question, but it's yeah. interesting because it's also interesting because it goes against the main mechanic of the yeah. game, which is Pokemon <laughs> yeah. battling. So it's, it, it, I, I almost wonder if this was the right medium <laughs> to tackle that question about, right. uh, because Pokemon's such a huge franchise that, you know, you have to wonder if maybe this was a better topic for the the manga or the anime or mm-hmm. something. Maybe not the anime. Yeah, that's pretty you know, skin deep, but I, I, I again, I appreciate what they're going for and that they took a risk. That's what I really like about gen five is that it feels like the first major generation that had, that felt so packed full of risks. So yeah. 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 Uh, at the end of the day, how do you think these two square up against each other? Generation one and generation five. I, I kind of think there's more meat to generation five mm. and it's more um, fleshed out given that it's later in the series, but right. Um, yeah. I feel like it just has a lot more going for it. I don't know. Yeah. But then again, I'm just not super attached to gen one. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's a good counter to sort of where I'm at because I was thinking maybe a little bit more generation one because of the strong social elements surrounding mm-hmm. it, because this was a time, you know, when it's almost a matter of timing generation one, hit shelves, Pokemon mania began and you could go over to your friend's house. Yeah. Whoever had a link cable, you could trade and battle and that sort of thing. Uh, which, which I feel like is really important to me. That sort mm-hmm. of that ability to, for Pokemon to be a bridge, be, you know, and, and build friendships like it is between you and I. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, I can't help but wonder is like, would gen five have been able to do that? If it came out at that time, Pokemon was still as popular as it was when the generation came out. Yeah, yeah that's that's yeah. A, that's so speculative that I almost can't even weight it here in this in, in this argument. But uh, yeah, I'm yeah I, I'm not sure if I can give uh, Generation One enough credit beyond that social aspect because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's. It's a rough game, man. <laughs> yeah. Like just like how psychic type is like extremely overrated because of like special being the only stat. Yes. Attributed to that. And like there's only like what one one dragon type or whatever. Yeah. And yeah, there's. Yeah. It's so it's Dratini like mechanically. It's just a mess. <laughs> yeah. And so it's it, it's so hard to give that game credit for like mechanic, like as a game, literally yeah. as a game. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so. if you can like take off the nostalgia goggles, it's kind of there's just like so much going on. Yeah, it's I don't know. 
it's really tough to say. I I, 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 I hesitate so much to knock Generation 1 right. out this right. early. But when you look at the polish yeah. <laughs> compared yeah. to the two... And, you know, and and I don't think it's, you know, people say, well, the generation one's older. I don't think that's necessarily the, the sole argument here. It's uh, it, there were plenty of games for the Game Boy that didn't have glitches and didn't yeah. have, yeah. you know, complete misses on their mechanics. Like there's so many type advantages that were screwed up in generation yeah. one and things like that. So. I think at the end of the day, Generation Five, uh, not expecting the way I was, uh, not, not the way I was expecting it to go, but there, I think there's more to talk about with Generation Five. Yeah, yeah, I think there's there's plenty of places to go with that, but yeah, with the way, I, with what I, what's actually contained within the games, and you know, sort of separate from the rest of the franchise, I think Generation Five has a lot going on. So. Mm-hmm. Man, are we moving Generation Five forward? I think so. I'm I'm on board with that decision. Excellent. Wow. Okay. All right. <laughs> People's brackets are right. ready. Gone by now, but I love it. Okay. So, the next matchup, we have Generation Two, that is Pokemon Gold, Silver, and Crystal going up against Generation Six. All right. We'll get. I'm not. Should I even say five minutes anymore? <laughs> Just. Minutes. We have minutes. We have minutes on the clock. We have we have time. We will discuss it at length. (laughs) We have time on the clock, and here we go. Generation two versus generation six. Any initial thoughts off the bat, Jake? So, as much as I said I'm not nostalgic about Gen one, I feel like Gen two I am more nostalgic about because I think this is the first one that I like sought out because I don't remember. Um, being like, oh, I have to go play like Pokemon Red. It, I think it was just like put in front of me and I was like, oh, neat. And then I like fell in love with it from there. So mm-hmm. then I think I'm, I may have like missed gold. No, I I didn't miss that. Um, when w- it was like coming out and I was like, oh my gosh, we have to have this. Yeah. Um, my brother was like taking piano lessons and like a, a prize for some some benchmark was to win Pokemon gold. And I like, That's think awesome. I may have convinced him to take that over like a, a Triceratops fossil, like excavation set. Well done. And, <laughs> and then, so yeah, I was like, Oh, I have to have crystal. And I think I had to like do chores to get the game. So like, oh, I, awesome. this was like the first one where I'm like, Oh, I, I, my first like game that I was excited for. That's awesome. Like as it was coming out yeah. being, I was like seven at the time though. So you know, you didn't know like much more other than like this game's coming out. Right. You weren't like following like PR or anything. About yeah. It, but yeah. But still, I, I, I think that's that's totally valid. I mean, the hype was real for these games. Yeah. I definitely remember I so I had really gotten into playing Pokemon. I think I, I think before I had red or blue, I had Stadium or something. Uh, I was playing mm-hmm. Pokemon in some form or another before Generation 2. And I remember from my uncle, I got a, a square-shaped uh, oh. gift for Christmas. And I was like, oh, this is probably Pokemon Red or Blue. And I opened it up, and it's silver. Like, and I was this? like, wait, is this new? And then I, I just, it just... What? It was nuts after that. And Tyler, my brother, and I really got into playing silver together. And we put hundreds of hours into that yeah. game uh, i think i still have the original team that we built we like traded over we eventually did get red and we traded over our charizard into it and this it, this game was big yeah <laughs> not not just in terms of the hype that we're talking about or just the reactions that it garnered but this game is like literally huge it, it has 
two gen- uh, two regions in it. Mm-hmm. It has uh, the new Johto region and it has Kanto, which is from Generation 1. And I would even go as far as to say that this was like almost the first remake of the first generation because mm-hmm. it it really polished up yeah. a, a, a lot of what was happening in Generation 1 and a lot of things about that world and really uplifted it. I love so many of the Pokemon from this game. I love that it's this giant surprising adventure that's twice the length that you thought it would yeah, be. Getting to the end and being like, what, there's another region? Yes. That, that was a cool moment. It's unreal. I, I think another moment from this game that still really sticks with me is at the end when you encounter Red, who's your basically your trainer from yeah. Generation 1. Yeah. That's such a cool moment because you're just in the you think it's like oh okay there's this large mountain at the end of the game where there's lots of really high level wild pokemon that can train against da 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 da. suddenly you get up to a certain room and no music right yeah (laughs) you're just like what and you walk forward suddenly you see your old sort of overworld avatar from the original games and he's got a level 80 some pikachu (laughs) yeah right which is bonkers so i i i still really adore that moment this this game took everything, these games took everything from generation one and just cleaned it up. Mm-hmm. Way less glitches. The types work as they're, they're supposed yeah. to. They're uh, uh, all original 151 Pokemon return and then you have about 100 more, I think. And yeah. it's it just amplifies everything. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. I, and I, I love it for that reason. I could really gush about generation two all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remembered like being in the middle of battles and like my mom yelling at me and like, you have to turn that off. And I'm like, mom, I can't save right now. <laughs> oh gosh, that problem. Yeah. Just like, I can't save in the middle of a battle. Yeah. If I had a nickel being on like time. family road trips and like missing out on like the arches in Arizona because I'm like <laughs> battling a pidgey. <laughs> hey, that's it was, right. it was important. Okay. It was at that time. Yeah. It was our life. <laughs> it still is. Yeah. More or less. So, yeah, lots to say about Generation 2, I think. So before we get to all that, Generation 6, mm-hmm. this is really where I feel Pokemon stepped into the modern age. Pokemon X yeah. and Y made, you know, Battles 3D, the Overworld 3D. Even, you know, this is like we, like we said, the beginning of college, but we got so excited that we could finally move diagonally. Yes. <laughs> the third <laughs> axis. Yes. It's about, uh, it was about time. And it just brought a lot of sort of, I think obvious things to the Pokemon world, you know, like making competitive battling and training very accessible through, is that like hyper training? Is that what it's called? Super Did training? Did start in X and Y? I think so. I think, mm, I think hyper training, like the EV training was Omega Ruby maybe. Oh, or, okay. I could be wrong. It was, yep. those are kind of the same to me. Right. Which they were the same generation. Right. Um, but yeah, it did make it more accessible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, whether it showed up in X and Y or not, I can't remember. Yeah. But, um, and I think, no, I, I got into like competitive, at least like training for the subways in black and white. So okay, a little bit before that, but it did, yeah. it did make it a lot more easy not having to have, um, like your, your notepad to track all of that <laughs> next to you. Yeah, exactly. Or, it sort of brought all of that in game. Yeah. And I feel like, maybe it was just because social media was really picking up around this time and I was becoming more involved with it. But I feel like 
X and Y brought competitive battling and that sort of thing to sort mm-hmm. of the cultural forefront too, at least within esports and that sort of thing. Started seeing that a little bit more. Uh, we saw the introduction of the fairy type in Pokemon X yep. and Y, which is, I think, was a good thing <laughs> for better yeah. or for worse. Yeah, I, I believe so. It was. It seems like it's pretty strong in some competitive circles, but you might have more insight into that than than I do. Uh, not not a whole lot. I mean, yeah, I feel like it's used pretty commonly yeah um it's it they have their important roles i i'm not like an expert on the competitive scene yeah um only touch the surface of that but yeah i I feel like adding a new type was was due it was needed Mm -hmm. and it was i think it was done well yeah i agree i think what what i really liked about the fairy type is that it brought a little bit more color and character to some of the older pokemon that had maybe fallen off to the wayside like I think, you know, a good chunk of us is probably, you know, sort of neglected Clefairy, Clefable, Clefa, that whole mm-hmm. line. But the fact that they're fairy type now, like, just made them a little bit more interesting. Yeah. Or even, like, the, the Ralts line from Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire and Emerald and just seeing them get a little bit more meat to them yeah. was cool. And, yeah, I agree. It was it, it was about time because we just saw... In Generation 2, coincidentally enough, we saw the introduction of Steel and Dark type, and until up until this point, we hadn't seen any more type additions. So this was yeah. this was just the right amount of, of curveball, I think. And I, I think if I had to pick a beef with uh, Generation 6, it would be that I feel like it was too easy just to play through the game but I never really got into the the competitive like EV training, IV training, breeding Pokemon, that sort of thing. Uh, so I, as sort of a slightly more than casual fan, but not quite hard, hardcore, mm-hmm. I sort of got caught in between and wasn't necessarily served well by this generation because it was sort of serving the extreme, more extreme audiences. Sure. I, any insights into that? Uh, did you feel any of that? I know you, you're definitely a little bit more into the breeding and the the, yeah. the more uh, the minutia of, of Pokemon training than I am. But I I think your your comment I haven't really like thought about it too much before. Um, but I, I the the like catering to the extremes that that makes a lot of sense. Like it was pretty pretty easy to play through. Was that you were like given a lucky egg? Yeah, that yeah. may have started in black and white though. So. It, I can't remember. Yeah, I can't recall either. Maybe that was post game. But anyway, yeah. um, and then really getting into like the competitive stuff in the post game, which I think I think makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm just I feel like I'm too like bleeding heart, and I love all of them and can't find things to pick <laughs> on. So I'm just like they're all great. No, no, that's... they all tie for first. So l- uh, let me throw this at you then. What were your thoughts on the story of Pokemon X and Y? <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely not like the one where I'm like, wow, that that was great. Especially right. like after Gen Five, where it's having like a pretty pretty good story. Yeah. Especially with Black Two and White Two, um, but we're not comparing those right now. But X and Y, it, it it seemed more like, oh my god, the world is ending, and I'm a Pokemon trainer, but somehow I'm gonna solve it. I don't know. It was it was it was a bit much. Yeah. I don't know if it was just like around the time of like superhero movies where it's like every every time we have to save the world like gotta have that giant beacon of of the beam of light shooting up into the sky that we gotta stop yeah i don't know like every situation's always dire i don't know yeah yeah i think that's that's kind of how i feel about the story it sort of felt half-baked like there was 
the there were interesting parts like as all yes. that stuff like the war behind it and like the ancient times that's really intriguing yeah it's which, like more give yeah, me more we that. never got like the event um flow at and stuff that was like super cool yeah but it, instead it's just like uh the world's safe you got <laughs> a giant bacon bird now you know yes so bacon bird yeah i yeah. love you Veltal. it's one of my favorites nice even that's though it's awesome. literally the letter y <laughs> No, I'm cool with that. Uh, yeah. Xerneas is I, one of I, my favorites. Yeah, I like the thematic design behind those. Yeah, me too. I, it's sort of the the Norse mythology references. I yeah. think it was yeah. it was about time the Pokemon tapped yeah. into that. There's a lot of interesting things I, there. There's so many well designed Pokemon from X and Y though. I, I agree. Like Aegis Slash Line is Dude. amazing. That's one of my favorites. Yep, me it too. Helps that they're like great competitively. Um, mm-hmm. The starters were pretty good. I really like Froakie and yeah. Frogadier, and then of course uh, Greninja. Greninja. Yeah, so you can't not like Greninja. Yeah, I think that's. It. I remember when I first saw its design, I was like, "Is it? Wait, its tongue? Is it scarf? That's yeah. super cool. Yeah. That's super creative. And it's a ninja." Yeah, I love yeah. seeing those little sort of creative combinations. Of, you know, of theme and of the creature that's sort of based on mm-hmm. Frog Ninjas. Pretty, pretty genius. I, yeah. I love. Uh, uh, Pumpkaboo and Gorgeist, which are jack-o'-lanterns, Phantom and Trevenant, which are yeah. sort of tree ants, you know, yeah. haunted, uh, haunted shrubbery. <laughs> it, uh, there's lots of, I agree, there's lots of really, really great designs in X and Y. And I think that's what really uh, excites me about those games is building teams from a lot of those really cool mm-hmm. looking Pokemon. And that's, that's definitely what I enjoyed most is uh, that was the first generation that I kept myself in, in the dark about too. Uh, prior to release, so yeah, I, think I me too. I remember seeing you know Pumpkaboo, the the Jack O' Lantern Pokemon for the first time, and I'd always wanted a Jack O' Lantern Pokemon. I like Halloween, yeah. my birthday's around then, so it was so cool to finally see a, a, a really adorable <laughs> pumpkin Pokemon. It was it, it was great. Mm-hmm. So getting that excitement from it, I think, are definitely my fondest memories of X and Y. Yeah, uh, Pokemon Gold, Silver, and Crystal. I have some of my favorite. Pokemon designs too. I'm mm-hmm. a big fan of Scizor, Tyranitar, a lot of those guys. How do you feel about those Pokemon designs? Uh, it was this was their first outing beyond the original yeah. 151. Do you think they were successful? Oh yeah, I like I loved. I know I like tried so hard to find like a Houndour or whatever in, yeah. in the Safari Zone. I think was where you found them because I thought oh. like oh it's like a dog but it's dark and fire and that was like my favorite type combination and it kind of still is. Oh, nice. And so like I wanted to find one of those, the Larvitar line, still one of my favorites. Those were, those were also really cool because they were like kind of late game, post game. Yes. Trying to find them. The pseudo legendaries is what they usually call them. Yeah. 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 Those, those always end up being like my favorites because they're also just like strong too. Um, But yeah, like Sneasel was really sweet. Oh yeah. He was cool. Yeah. Steelix was awesome. I loved Steelix. Yeah, I think that that was another really big exciting thing about uh, seeing Gold and Silver come out was we realized that, you know, just because a Pokemon was introduced in a game doesn't mean that like necessarily that its story ended, that mm-hmm. it, it could get an evolution down yeah. the line. It could get a baby form down the line. There could be something. It could get a type change down the line, yeah. like Magnemite and Magneton. It got their steel typing, secondary steel typing in mm-hmm. this game. Like... I think that that's another sort of thing that I don't maybe not con- maybe not consciously, but that's one thing that I do get excited about with these games is that yeah, hey, my Pokemon are my favorites are about to become just a little bit more exciting yeah, and 
that that's that's something I really look back and, and like a lot about Generation Two as well. Mm-hmm. I I find myself <laughs> really having trouble thinking of negatives about uh, Generation Two. Is there anything that you weren't a big fan of? Oh, not nothing that comes to mind immediately. Yeah. Um, I, the story was basically like stop Team Rocket again. Yeah, like they came back right. and made Gyaradoses mad. I think <laughs> it's true. I can't remember much more, but again, that was like the story wasn't too too main mainline to the games, right? I think the novelty of yeah, it was, the main Pokemon like game mechanics, you know, like catching and, and training and whatever, yeah. like that was still very much at the forefront. Yeah, and we hadn't they didn't start a story. Yeah, we didn't start taking it for granted yet. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> so, yeah, I I think the only really beefs I have are just maybe some ideas in the game that really kind of feel somewhat unfinished like i'm still waiting for them to do something with the unknown (laughs) oh yeah yeah they're just like kind of there yeah and it's cool world building because it it sort of reinforces the the theme of 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 johto and generation two being sort of like ah tradition and Mm -hmm. history and you know archaeology you know there's like a little bit of that going on it reinforces that but unknown or useless and they're just kind of there and being creepy mm-hmm. which is fine i i don't know I, I i take some issue with some pokemon just being you know set dressing so yeah, yeah that's that's one thing and i don't know maybe removing the safari zone from the kanto region but it's like that's oh like, yeah they did do that we're, oh, we're really splitting hairs here with generation yeah. two i feel like x and y have a little bit more substantial issues yeah but yeah but then again, they did. It did take a big leap forward and more risks, um, with you know being graphically 3D, and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Mega Evolution. We got to talk about Mega. Evolution. That's true. We can't deny those. I I really enjoyed that. That was yeah a lot of fun. Yeah, I think it. it I feel like at this point, uh, it started with Generation Six and pretty much on. It was good for Pokemon to just break away from their structure. They're sort of established yeah. sort of arbitrary rules. You know, everybody's sort of like, I, would, I don't think you'll ever go above, you know, th- three stages to a Pokemon evolution line. Mm-hmm. But Mega Evolution sort of found a way to break that rule in a way that I think still sort of satisfied some of those more hard-lined people. Mm-hmm. I, I think Evol- Mega Evolutions are super cool. I, I forgot how many they introduced in X and Y. I mean, like, Obama Snow, sort of a tree Yeti Pokemon, has ha, even has one in, right. in X and Y. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so I, they really leaned into it. They mm-hmm. they made that the central part of that game, and they didn't shy away from it. So I got to give them props for that. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah, but uh, so do you think that risk taking is enough for X and Y to match up against Gold, Silver, and Crystal? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. This this is a tough matchup. Surprisingly, I didn't think it would be this this hard to choose. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, it's 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 a bit tougher for me too. I think mm-hmm. I'm still leaning towards Generation Two, just yeah. because it's the best version of the core Pokemon game. Like you know, a lot of the other the further generations, you know, they have their central mechanic. They have their you know, unique mini games and that sort of thing. But if you just want like a really solid, polished, glitch-free yep. uh, Pokemon experience, I would definitely recommend Gold and Silver and Crystal. And just for the sheer amount of content mm-hmm. that that game provides, too, there's you can spend hours 
just playing through the main story. So that's that's sort of where I'm leaning. Does that does that resonate at all with you? I I th- I think so. I think I'm leaning more towards that way. But do you feel gold and silver and crystal would be as good without Generation One? Like if it was a standalone game. <sighs> Like, is it, is it leaning too much on the crutch of improving generation one? You know what? Okay. So that's a great question. I would say it doesn't need generation one. I think like, and I think that's what I was going to conclude too. Is like, if this was the first Pokemon game, yeah, like this was the first generation. Wow. Like that's, that's, that makes it all the more pretty good game. Right. And I, you know, I, do I think that Generation Two could have happened, you know, as well as it did without Generation One? Probably not, because they knew sort of yeah. what to tune. Yeah. But I, I think Generation Two, it's it's robust enough, it's clean mm-hmm. enough, it has you know great music. I think some of the cooler character designs and yeah. uh, from creatures and fellow trainers, that sort of thing, that it's it can stand on its own. Yeah. Good question, though. That's yeah. a it's a neat sort of thought experiment when we're comparing so closely right. here. It's to sort of say, to step back and say, how do these stand as games, not even as part of a franchise, mm-hmm. just literally as games. So I I think it just nails the core mechanics of a of a Pokemon game. Even though you know get to you know when Generation Four and onward, you know how much more complex battling became. But I think right mm-hmm. right here it captures what most people think when they think Pokemon. Yeah. So I, I think I think I am gonna give it to Generation Two over over six. I think I will too. Yeah. Yeah. But it's X and Y were great, but Gold and Silver just have that much more going for them. I feel. Yeah. It it, it feels just a like, like a little bit more was put into it not mm-hmm. that you know I, I i hate to rag on anybody who's <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that later but yeah. i hate to rag on anybody who says oh they didn't work so much on a game it's like the fact that you get, get a game out of door is a miracle in and of itself sure, but sure. but generation two really felt like something else like something really special so mm-hmm. generation two moves on all right, under the third semifinal match, we have Generation 3, that is Pokemon Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald, going up against Generation 7, Pokemon Sun, Moon, and Ultra Sun and Moon. We have minutes on the clock again. Let's get to it. So, I, I've i gone back and forth on Generation 3 so much throughout my yeah. life. I think I've sort of landed on that I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. I really liked revisiting it through the remakes Pokemon Omega Ruby and Omega Sapphire. Yeah. And it made me go back to Generation 3 and sort of remember it a little bit more fondly. It, it sort of does what Generation 5 does and that it sort of reboots it. It, I, I think most egregiously, it cut itself off from uh, Generation 1 and 2, mm-hmm. but uh, because you literally couldn't trade between them or anything like that. Right. Uh, of course, they rectify that sort of later on through the remakes of Generation 1. And generation two down the line, but I think it was okay for them to start fresh and maybe even bold of them to do it because I mean, I mean, Pokemon mania was kind of dying down, but for them to say, Hey, let's give you 
something with kind of a clean slate. You're going to mm-hmm. see a lot of Pokemon you don't recognize. There's not going to be a whole lot of uh, Poke- new Pokemon that are connected to your old to your old teams and that sort of thing. It, you're just going to have a new experience that has those uh, great Pokemon Core mechanics there yet, but it's not necessarily what what you're expecting. So. What do you think about that? Was that was that a bold move? Was that a right move in the direction in, in the right direction? I feel like it was bold, especially if they're coming off the hotness that was Generation Two True. to just kind of be like, "All right, we're done with that. Let's let's do something new." Yeah, I think that's that's kind of bold. Um, yeah, I don't think it was the wrong choice. Okay, to start over. Yeah, it's essentially start over. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So fond memories of playing these games. You think? Yeah, I don't. I think like just being more coherent as like I got older, just like knowing what the hell's going on. Yeah. Um, so, so I feel like the the more I was like making sense of things, the more I enjoyed it too. Yeah. And not just like this one looks cool, <laughs> but it's actually like horrible and you know that kind of thing. And and I think that was that was why I liked it more. Yeah, I I agree. I I think this was the first time when I very. I very much put more thought yeah. or any thought at all into team building. Mm-hmm. This was the first time when I was thinking about, oh, that Pokemon looks cool. I want to catch it. I catch it. Its types are yeah. what? It's like, oh, do I have that kind of coverage in my team? Is, right. is uh, Do I already have that typing in my team? Am I opening up a huge window of being swept by a fire type or a grass type or something? That was the first time I thought about that and mm-hmm. was with this generation and uh, probably again, you know, like you said, just sort of uh, uh, lined up with how we were growing up and we were becoming <laughs> more independent yeah. game players yeah. and not just training our starters to to sweep the elite four anymore. So I, I do have a lot of fond memories of uh, of playing mm-hmm. this game. I uh, these games I played through them a lot. I, I I like that at this point the individual characters started being a little bit more important and by characters i mean the the trainer characters i mean the fact that your father is a gym leader in this game mm-hmm. the fact that there's uh one of your one of your rivals you have more than one rival now sure. he's uh, right. a, a sickly trainer who's just sort of needs somebody to look up to mm-hmm. um and follow and aspire to like that's super cool yeah. I, I i like that these they start playing with again you know sort of thinking about this world that they've built it's like oh what kind of situation would be interesting it's like well being a role model to a younger more less experienced trainer yeah that sort of thing i like that it touched on that sort of thing and this is where battle uh i think becomes a little bit more complex as well we're introduced to abilities abilities yeah those are big double battles came up in this yep natures for natures. those folks who are really focused on the stats of their Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And I think it, there was weather elements yep. in Generation 2, but here's where I think it became more strategic. Yeah. I felt like this is where, like, th- this is when I first saw people building, like, Sandstorm teams. If anybody's familiar with the Pokemon competitive scene, Sandstorm mm-hmm. teams are, like, a big, uh, a big part of that. And I, I think to start to see the sort of stat system and the battling system become more complex here was really exciting. So yeah. And any thoughts on that either? Yeah. I, I, I definitely started paying attention more to those, the, the battling and everything. And 
Um, I think the world was really well fleshed out. Yeah. There was a lot, a lot of diversity in the cities and and everything. I know, don't people hate like the water route is like excruciatingly long. <laughs> um, but I think there was enough bringing it back to like that the mis- the mystery behind it because there's like yeah. the the island that disappears or like shows oh, yeah. up on random days. Totally forgot about that. How do you get Deoxys and and things like that? And I think there was a way to get Mew. I can't remember if it was released stateside or not. Right. But I th- I think now that they kind of had the like Pokemon mechanics down, they were able to start developing characters and worlds. Right. And and stories more. Yeah. So I think that's kind of where it hit its stride. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree. I'm glad you brought up the idea of this generation sort of brought the mystique back too, because I, there's so many cool little side quests in generation three, like with yeah. uh, getting the, the, the Reggie trio that you literally oh, yeah. had to read Braille <laughs> and like find out it, it asked for a certain Pokemon in your party and you had to arrange them in a certain way to unlock certain doors. Like the fact that they were literally using menus and arranging your yeah. Pokemon team as a sort of puzzle mechanic was kind of fun. And it, it really made me realize how how big this world can be and a lot more legendaries i uh, i think it was so cool to see some really mm-hmm. menacing huge pokemon that literally had some was a very tangible effect on the game yeah. like you know it was it was cool to catch lugia and ho and that sort of thing in, in generation two and of course you have mewtwo back in generation one but all of those pokemon sort of have their stories happen in dialogue boxes yeah and here you the literally that you know the evil teams going after their respective pokemon because they want their desired weather effects because it's this is a saturday morning cartoon and they want to take over yeah. the world whatever but it was cool that you know the when they disturbed Kyogre, the water type, it started raining heavily. Mm-hmm. When they disturbed Groudon, the ground type, the sun got really harsh. And no matter where you traveled in that region, in in the entire world of the game, uh, for that time, in, in this time period in the game, there there was harsh sunlight or there was heavy rainfall. I think like seeing that was really cool. And again, just sort of emphasizes how how unique of a world they've built here with Pokemon. So uh, I think that was another sort of exciting element for me about generation three. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Generation seven, still pretty fresh sort of in my mind. I yeah. is with sun and moon. Yeah. 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 I, I liked it. I think, um, like one of the major issues is that it was also kind of easy and handholdy. Mm. Sure. Which I, I'm on board with, um, I think this generation might be like my least play hours. I same. <laughs> um, probably related to just like life in general, but also I I just I didn't. This is like one of the first. I think it's the only generation I didn't get like the sequel or the third. Okay. Um, I I I've never owned or played Ultra Sun or Ultra Moon. Yep. I have um, Ultra Moon, but I'm making my way through it my my 3ds unfortunately it's speakers broke so no so that's that's been on hold for now but yeah yeah, sun and moon i i played through once and yeah it was good it was more pokemon i i think the most exciting thing for me about it was the introduction of regional forms I think mm-hmm. that's a great idea yeah. because it's it reflects something that literally happens in our world. You know, mm-hmm. there's animals in different areas and they reflect their environment. 
and so do the regional forms we yeah. saw now an executor that wasn't like a stump yeah it was literally a giant palm tree and it's yeah. part dragon type which it was so for some reason people take take issue with that i think that's hilarious yeah the fact that it's a dragon type. yeah and i think that's another good thing about it is it it, it kind of leans into the memeiness of yeah. of itself like it it realizes that it's it's not to be taken entirely seriously which some mm. some people should realize <laughs> Wow. Uh-oh. All right. Oh, what did I do? <laughs> no, no, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, I, I'm not a huge fan of of the regional form of Diglett and Doug Trio, which has hair now, but yeah, it's so also hilarious. Hair. Yeah, right. It's like, you know, I, 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 my initial reaction to it is sort of like, oh, that's odd, but... I mean, they're having fun. I right, mean, that, yeah. that's what I think I really liked about some of those regional forms is that it you got to see a lot of the creature designers yeah. just have a little fun with some of the most familiar creatures in their catalog. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I can't like dig them for that. Like, I, right. They're, yeah, they're having fun. Like there's, there's nothing really wrong with it, I guess. Yeah. Um, from an outside point. Right. And, it, and the, the regional variants like just made sense. Exactly. Like it's such a simple, like dumb idea. And you're like, well, why hasn't it always been like this? Like, why did it take up till the previous generation to, to do this? So I think, yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. Cool to do. I totally agree. Yeah. What were your thoughts on Pokemon Sun and Moon shaking up the, the gym challenge structure? We, of course, had the trials mm-hmm. instead of the gyms. Uh, do you think that was, that was an effective change? Um, it wasn't ineffective. I think it was bold. Okay. Um, yeah, it was a good time to try it. Um, I didn't hate it. It was still similar enough to gyms. Right. Um, that I wasn't missing gyms, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, because it yeah. was, it, it, you got to, you know, some of the challenges were like, uh, interact with the environment and find right. three ingredients or, you know, walk through these obstacles or whatever, which is what a lot of gyms asked from you in the yeah. older generations. Yeah. So it didn't feel too. Like unfamiliar, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like that it sort of shook up the pace of, of the yeah. typical Pokemon game a little bit because, you know, the Alola region where this takes place is based after Hawaii. There's it, it, it feels like the game has is more in distinctive chunks, which is, yeah. you know, good or bad. Uh, it feels more mission-based, which might be good for, you know, when these mm-hmm. games came out, we were finishing up college. So uh, it was kind of nice in that way where it's like, oh, I could go and do a a mission I could like tackle this island and be done yeah. <laughs> instead of saving like in the middle of a route or something. Mm-hmm. So I think that was welcome. And I, I think it was good of them to at least, like you said, experiment with, you know, Hey, are, are we holding ourselves back by limiting ourselves to eight gyms of, of eight different types yeah. and doing that same sort of formula every time? Um, I think it also lent uh, itself to, creating a lot of unique characters. I really like mm-hmm. Hala, the, um, who's like the father or the grandfather of your rival. Um, the Olivia and some of those other characters are really compelling and they feel like they've got some real gravitas to them. Yeah. And yeah. you get to interact with them earlier in the game mm-hmm. than uh, you would with some of like, say the elite four members that you battle at the end of a, another given generation. So um, in addition to introducing regional forms, Generation 7 also introduced the Ultra Beasts. Thoughts on that? Um, I don't think I have a lot of thoughts in general just because I, I didn't do much um, post-game like storyline stuff. Okay. I think I more so... I think I just like 
dropped it for a while and then came back like at least a year later to just like do the the like battle resort stuff oh sure um I honestly can't say I've like caught many of the okay. ultra beasts. I, th- um, it's, it's like a neat idea. They're like just from a different dimension. Kind exactly. Of. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's cool. I don't know if it's like to jump the sharky where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, parallel timelines. And <laughs> yeah. That is where they, uh, they tried to pull a Zelda and try to right. make the Pokemon timelines make sense. And it's like, yeah. no, don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think they're, neat designs um i'm not clamoring for them to come back i think i think we can just leave them in sun and moon sure um yeah i don't know i'm kind of torn on those um yeah yeah i think that's i think that's fair i i like the idea of ultra beast sort of just being i mean they're still pokemon Mm -hmm. which i'm glad i was glad about they weren't exactly clear about it up front they were like, oh, they're they're these other creatures, and it's like, wait, are they still Pokemon? Can right. we battle them? Can we grab them? Can we grab I think them? I think that like them? worried me, like playing through it or like seeing stuff come out about it. Yeah, um, yeah. But once I learned that they have, you know, they have typings and they mm-hmm. have stats and they, you know, they're just like they operate just like regular Pokemon, but they're sort of different in name only. Um, and but. Uh, I think that was sort of a freeing thing for a game freak in designing the Pokemon because they were allowed to make some really weird looking yeah. creatures, yeah. which was, I think was cool. I, th- I, I think, you know, they need to just sort of go hog wild with some of these Pokemon designs. And they clearly have mm-hmm. throughout the years. We just got some really fun and wonky ones in uh, sword and shield, which we'll get to, but I think they need to allow themselves, whether that means they need to introduce an ultra beast type category of Pokemon or not. They, I, I think anytime they give themselves the opportunity to create something super weird and cool mm-hmm. is fun. Yeah. I think it's super cool that, uh, Nihilego that sort of like the poster child for, uh, ultra beasts is, is right. like a rock and poison type. Yeah. And it does not look that. And right. I, yeah. I, that's, that's what I really like is yeah. that they could sort of play with appearances and, that sort of thing. So I think in that way, I, I, I like Ultra Beasts more than I don't. Uh, but they they almost feel like kind of tacked on in Alola for me. Uh, they, they, yeah. they don't feel sort of at home there. Uh, I think it was it made for an interesting enough story with sort of like the family dramas that you encounter there and mm-hmm. uh, that sort of thing throughout the storyline. And sort of the subversion of, you know, the Aether Foundation is actually the bad guys as opposed to Team Skull. And that's fun. I think that yeah. that was cool. It sort of and it helps that along. But I, I would have liked to see Ultra Beast sort of dribbled in a little bit more throughout the games. I, uh, I I think I will revisit Sun and Moon at some point, and I definitely will finish uh, Ultra Moon at some point here. But it it doesn't have what Generation Three has for me. I I, I feel at this point, if I had to pick between the, the between the two, and if they had, were in front of me and I had the appropriate systems to play them, I think I would probably start playing with Generation Three, just because mm-hmm. that world feels a little bit more deliberate. I know there's a little bit more challenge there with those games. I like a lot of the Pokemon designs. I think these are, this is my favorite group of starters. Uh, I really like Trico, Torchic and, and, and Mudkip a lot. Yeah. And I, clearly they've resonated with some people with the, some of the memes that fly around. So yeah. I, I think I would have to l- lean towards generation three. How are, how are you feeling between these two? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of leaning more towards three. Um, 
as you were saying, like there's just more to go back to yeah. than than Sun and Moon. Um, yeah, I I feel like Sun and Moon might be like one of my least favorite okay. generations. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I don't I don't know specifically like why too much. Like it wasn't I don't I don't hate it. It wasn't awful. Right. Um, I just didn't like it as much as I would Generation Three. Yeah, I. It, you made a really good point up top with like, I don't think there's ever been a generation that's failed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think all of them sort of brought something cool to the table, right. but whether or not they really stuck and resonated with people is the real difference. Like, you know, generation three introduced a lot of really strong core mechanics that ended up being staples of the series from then on out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, <laughs> something we haven't even touched on with sun and moon is Z moves. And I entirely forgot about them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think honestly, the best thing that provided was was memes because there's yeah. uh, one of my favorite Pokemon from Sun and Moon is uh, Mimikyu, sort of this ghost type that dresses up like Pikachu because it's jealous of its fame. Hilarious! Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's like Z move is called Never Ending Nightmare, which is hilarious, and yeah. like like that's fun. It, yeah. it you know sort of it creates some spectacle, creates some goofiness. You know, bring that sort of you know. Jojo's bizarre adventure level anime style to yeah. to a Pokemon mm-hmm. games I think is welcome, but you know if it was more and presented more mechanically in a more mechanically interesting way maybe it would have stuck. But Generation Three just has so much that feels essential to Pokemon games now, like abilities and I, double battling. So Generation Three moves on, I think. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, let's do it. Sounds good. Okay, we have one more semifinal wow. match going on here so generation three trumps is generation seven so in the last semi-final round we have generation four that's pokemon diamond pearl and platinum going up against generation eight the newest pokemon sword and shield there is time ahead <laughs> there is let's let's, wow. let's dive right in so generation four versus generation eight I, I mean, it's, it's, it's nice to be talking about generation eight finally yeah. <laughs> at, at length here. Cause I do yeah. have a lot to say about it, but what are your initial thoughts about this matchup? Oh man. I, I really liked generation four. I think okay. it's, it was one of my top favorites, but I think I've said that about every generation <laughs> so far. Um, it, that one's really stuck with me. I think a lot of the, the Pokemon designs, the story was great yeah. and, um, like new third evolutions, like Mamoswine, um, oh, yeah. Leafeon, um, stuff like that. Just bringing back old Pokemon and making them feel new again was, was neat. Um, the distortion world was super cool. Yeah. Love that. Platinum. Yeah. Platinum was like great. Um, and, and, but then like sword and shield have also been like pretty solid and I've just, stopped seeing all the negativity as I keep playing sword and shield, I think dude, same. Yeah. (laughs) I, there's, there are valid things about, about it that, you know, should, should be addressed, but, but I, it's still a really solid Pokemon game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I I think this is a cool matchup because I spent a lot of time with generation four. Yeah. I I did too. Diamond was was the one I was playing, but it, it it made the social aspect of it so easy again, like trading and everything and being able to go online yeah. and battle and everything and not worry about anybody who had a link cable. It's like yeah. if you had a DS and you had a copy of one of these games, right. 
you could have a really good time with some friends. And that's that's what I really like about Generation 4. I feel like it was maybe a little bit lost in Gen 3 mm-hmm. um, just because, you know, you know, we still had link cables and that sort of thing. It was like the awkward puberty time of like wireless connections, yeah. but still need a link cable. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like generation four was really when it landed back on like, okay, we're doing it all online yeah. now. We're doing Wi-Fi. We're, yeah. we're in the digital age. And so that's what I really like about generation four. And in addition to, you know, you mentioned so many great new Pokemon that, expand on older Pokemon and some new fresh ones that we really like Piplup and that whole starter yeah. line is one of my favorites. All the starters were good. Yeah. I, around. Yeah. And you know, we got to see, you know, Turtwig and its final evolution. Torterra was even, even in the detective Pikachu movie. Yes. Like it, I feel like these Pokemon really made their mark mm-hmm. uh, r- right away, which is something I can't say necessarily about every new generation that's come out after the, after the first. So it's, uh, I think there's a, there's a lot going on in, in diamond pearl and, and platinum. And I, it's interesting to match it up against generation eight because yeah. we sort of have this, uh, I, I feel like I have a little bit of recency bias going on, but I really, I've been really, really enjoying generation eight. And I think the primary reason is that it, this is the first region where it feels like everybody cares about Pokemon battling, like you, your friends, Mm -hmm. the NPCs, and it's the, the gym leaders are more vivid and three dimensional, literally and metaphorically than they've ever been. And I, I love it for that. Mm -hmm. I, I love that throughout the game you can you know you walk around people start recognizing you they go from oh who's that to oh that's gym challenger jake and Mm -hmm. so just to feel really immersed in that world has really enchanted me again and really gotten me back into the pokemon franchise and did i have that same feeling with generation four i don't know i i I feel like what really sucked me in about those games was really the pokemon designs Mm -hmm. i some people say this is when you know generation three and four is really when they started to look like they look like digimon it's like i don't think so i I, if they look like their own creatures they're really creative ideas and uh, i think they really took some bold steps with the the legendary pokemon yeah uh you know being based basically their 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 deities at this point yeah. you know one is literally like a creator one is you know based around time another one around space there's one that controls nightmares and dreams like i feel yeah. like they really mm-hmm. went for it with you know making sure that these pokemon are not just cute little cuddly things but really big important things that shape the world around them so that's i think that's that was a sort of a healthy change with generation 4 as well so uh i I, I was sort of trying to pinpoint as i was going through these generations sort of what the core mechanic of generation four is i don't really know if there is one it's it's just sort of like more battling they did the physical Mm -hmm. and special split for moves here which i think was a good thing yeah um again it sort of feels like one of those additions where it's like why wasn't this the case the whole time yeah um but um I don't know what, what what do you feel like is at the heart of of diamond pearl and platinum i feel the thing that kind of springs back for me is getting more into like the curiosity and investigation in the world okay because i know like you're as you're going through the game you like 
there's little like tidbits dropped about like dial gun Palkia and you see like Cynthia pop up yeah. and you go like to the old shrine and stuff. And then it's really like establishing a mythos around, around the legendaries. Mm-hmm. I think was really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I, I don't know if there's like a core mechanic there. I, I can't think of yeah. anything that's like, this is kind of what it was all about. Like there was no, right. um, they like location based evolutions, but that's just like for Magnazone and Leafeon and I Glaceon. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it, I, it was sort of just like sort of marginal additions here and there, yeah. which is not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, I think the only l- like real drawback of this generation is that with, with diamond and pearl, they definitely sped, sped it up with, with, with uh, platinum, but it, the battling is kind of slow. Like the animations mm, are gorgeous yeah. and everything, but it's kind of a clunky game at some, at some points, but it was, it has great music. Yeah. It's a yeah. cool world. Like you said, the, the mythos and everything around these Pokemon feels very ingrained in the environment, um, which is really exciting. And I, I think Generation 8 has some of that going for it. Uh, it, of course, does sort of have a big mm-hmm. sort of spectacle mechanic in the form of, of, of Dynamax and Gigantamaxing, making your Pokemon to giant Kaiju yeah. and having them fight. How, how did that resonate with you as you played these games? At first, I was kind of against it, as a lot of people seem to have been, of like, oh, why can't we just have Mega Evolutions again? But um, as you're talking about, like, the the to-do of, like, gym battles and yeah. how it's, like, Olympic-like, yeah. I think that really, really lends itself well. Like, it, it this should be broadcast on the TVs across the region. Mm-hmm. I, it's grown on me more, and I th- I think it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and mechanically, it's like fine if you just think of it as like double your health. That's like all it is. And <laughs> yeah. Like maybe stronger moves. But yeah, I, I, it's gotten better for me. I still have some issues with like you have to specifically get um, Pokemon that can like Gigantamax. Yeah. I, I took issue with that. I didn't realize that until I was like on gym seven where I'm like, well, this like Corviknight's useless. Yeah. <laughs> like I can't I can't make it like it's cool new form. Yeah. So that was kind of annoying, but and it felt kind of arbitrary too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I, I, I agree though. It sort of fed into the themes really well mm-hmm. of, you know, you're a sort of local celebrity and yeah. what you do is exciting to the world. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> that was super cool. And that's what I like about Dynamaxing and Gigantamaxing. Um, I think mechanically speaking, you know, Aesthetic aside, I think mechanically what I like about Dynamaxing and Gigantamaxing is the fact that it only lasts three turns. Yeah. I think that's cool. Uh, you know, Mega Evolution had its limitations too, where it's like, oh, you could only Mega Evolve one per battle. Uh, even if you had every every Pokemon on your team had a Mega Evolution and their appropriate held, hold item, that sort of thing. But to literally just have that, that really small, tangible window yeah. of time with Di- Dynamaxing and Gigantamaxing, I think was a bit more interesting to me. Uh, you and I have sort of talked about it before where it's like a lot of these new Pokemon mechanics are like, wow, look at how strong your Pokemon can be. Mm-hmm. It's like, I hope they sort of stray away from that with the next Pokemon, the yeah. next couple Pokemon games where it's like the, the core mechanic isn't just make your Pokemon literally better. <laughs> it's uh, I'd like to see something that affects team building a little bit more or the, the moves that you put on, on your Pokemon, that sort of thing. Uh, 
but that's of course not what we're discussing here. I think, uh, I think this core mechanic was a, a strong sort of thematic element mm-hmm. for Generation Eight, yeah. um, and maybe gives it a little bit more of a selling point than Generation Four, which just sort of feels polished all around as opposed to having yeah. one sort of strong element at the helm. So. Yeah, uh, what do you what did you think about a lot of the Pokemon designs in Generation Eight? I like a lot of them. There's really a lot of cool ones. Um, I feel like there's a couple that I'm just like, nah. That I don't know. I think like Mr. Mime and Mr. Rhyme, and oh. I was kind of like, <laughs> you're more creepy than Mr. Mime <laughs> was in like Detective Pikachu. You like, did it. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> it couldn't be done, but here we are. Yes. Um, but yeah, I I love a lot of them. Like. Um, I'm totally blanking on a lot of the names, but I oh no, yeah, there's so many that I I enjoy a lot, and then like seeing all the the stuff for the expansion pass. I know we shouldn't like base it on the expansion passes because sure. that's kind of cheating with DLC. <laughs> um, but like, there's there's a lot of cool stuff coming out. The starters are pretty all cool. Yeah, um, they're they're not the greatest, um, and I get why people don't like them all. Sure, um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of cool designs. Yeah, I you mentioned Corviknight earlier. I think that's yeah. that's been a sort of a standout for me mm-hmm. uh, to see a, a cool steel fighting type that or steel flying rather yeah. that has that sort of gravitas. A lot of people sort of assumed it was dark, and I'm glad it's not. It's just sort of it's just this cool ominous thing that yeah. doesn't need that sort of element to it. Yeah. Um, I really like the blip bug line with the orb yeah. beetle the, and the like sort of UFOs. Be, yeah, they're neat. Yeah, I. I Love sort of you know extra learning about extraterrestrials and stuff, and it's cool to see that sort of representing it represented in a u- unique way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was great to see regional forms return. I really hope they keep that yeah. up. Yeah. I really really like the Galarian Galar is the region where this takes place. So Galarian, uh, I really like Galarian uh, Zigzagoon and that whole line. Yeah, they're pretty uh, cool. Yeah, it might I might be partial to it just because I'm Wisconsinite and I like to see badgers. And I like Badger yeah, Pokemon, yeah, yeah. and but it, it, I feel like they really handled its design well. It's sort of a, a punk, sort of a kissed, mm-hmm. you know, heavy metal type creature, which yeah. is super cool. Yeah. And then of course we saw like Surfetched, which is a knight with an onion. It's yeah. Great. Finally, we got the Farfetched evolution. Yeah. Which I I didn't really care whether it happened or not, but <laughs> people were excited for that and waiting for that for a while. Yeah. It just makes yeah. old endearing pokemon actually yeah. useful yeah okay. right right like the standalones that never got used and were terrible are now <laughs> yeah. somewhat important yeah and there were uh, lots of uh new fresh pokemon too like really like uh phalanx that uh, it's yeah. sort of a hive mind pokemon where it's five little uh, you know roman greek trojans <laughs> well, soldiers whatever you want to call them yeah. and they that's super cool that was a really bold design i think Somebody described them to me as like, oh, they look like Kirby enemies. I'm like, that's another reason I think I really like yeah, them. Yeah. They're just super cute. And uh, another one I really liked was uh, Duraludon, which is that dragon yeah. steel type. Uh, sort of a, a, a pretty unusual looking Pokemon, but it yeah, he's it's, weird. it's cool. Yeah, so, he's cool. Yeah. I, what do you think about the fossils, though? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I get what they were going for. Yeah. I get what they were going for. Once once I read that they were like about the the British uh, like paleontologists who just like found bones and was like, it's the new animal from <laughs> the ancient times. Just like jamming bones together. I think that's great. And like understanding that they are abominations is yes. is 
good. I still think they're all like hideous and <laughs> super strange, no matter how good Dracovish is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they threw me off and I, I have not touched any of them yet in my game. So yeah, they're kind of weird. I created some of them. Yeah. I, know, I played Frankenstein. I played God <laughs> and I made that unholy mistake, but yeah. I, yeah, I haven't played with them at all yet. I, you know, we people have always talked about you know playing with Pokemon, f- fusing together and that sort of thing. I feel like this was a, was sort of a fun yeah. way to approach it. It yeah. felt very playful. It felt very silly. It felt like if you didn't like it, you could just treat it as a joke. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I I feel like Game Freak is okay with no matter how you feel about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I I'm glad they did it because they're hilarious and sad <laughs> it's very sad yeah very sad some of those pokedex entries where it's like it's like ah i can run it, it reaches like land speeds of up right. to several hundred miles per hour but it can only breathe underwater right they, like they all just like die yes essentially is the the final line of their entries is like it, it couldn't live <laughs> yeah oh well it's it's just wild but yeah. it yeah, it, it colors the world. It makes yeah. it makes that environment all the more yeah. unique. It makes it, the Galar region all the more its own. The, to the British culture, yes, I think it's important. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I again, I'm so I feel like I'm sort of falling victim to recency bias here. I, yeah. I, I like a lot of what Generation Eight is doing, and I feel like Generation Four just sort of brought everything up to speed across the first mm-hmm. half of pokemon generation games so uh, uh where are you leaning with this i think oh i don't know i'm i'm uh i don't know this is, this one's harder <laughs> it really is it's, because i i feel like these are both really solid but for very different reasons yeah. so i think um we've been you've been talking a lot about like the cultural and like social aspects of it mm-hmm. i think um sword and shield really takes the cake on this part sure um just with the max raid battles oh dude it's really like the mmo thing has has really it's been fun it's been cool just like hunting with other people Mm -hmm. um and i hope they can like expand on that and kind of improve that system it sounds it sounds like at least with the expansion pass that they're adding more to yeah. it yeah so it's it's kind of criminal we haven't talked about the wild area proper yet yeah because that's like the main big thing yeah what do we I feel for this generation gigantamaxing and dynamaxing yeah. wild area that's really yeah. what these games open are about. world yeah i think i think i've enjoyed the wild area me too yeah it's been it's been cool to explore i look forward to exploring more spaces if um crown tundra and isle of armor are similar yes. open world like free camera environments i yes. look forward to that yeah um yeah and go around and, and digging around in, in pokemon nests and Stirring up trouble has been fun. Yeah, it really, I I think you know one element that they you know we, we had the Let's Go games, which in which you literally see the Pokemon appear in the overworld before you encounter them in battle. That hadn't happened in any other mainline Pokemon game. So when they brought it to Sword and Shield, I wasn't expecting it to affect me as much as it did. Like <laughs> I I got so excited to explore the wild area and to explore. Uh, even just routes when yeah. when Pokemon would appear, it, I felt that much more compelled to explore, and I, I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting mm-hmm. sort of myself to go about them as if they were random encounters, like they were in Gen Four and and you know uh, the generations before uh, eight, basically. And I 
really enjoyed it. Uh, again, this, this these games, Sword and Shield, have really in, uh, reinvigorated my my love and excitement for Pokemon overall. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like Generation 4 maybe just continued to satisfy where I was at, and it didn't really yeah. take me out yeah. f- further beyond what I was already feeling about the Pokemon games. So in that way, you know, to get me ex- like beyond excited, not just satisfied, was, uh, is what has me sort of leaning towards Generation Eight a little bit more. Mm. And it's and it's so hard to find things to to dislike about a lot of these generations. I feel like that's the case with Generation Four. I mean, it's it's a little slow. <laughs> it's like yeah, that's the only yeah. thing I really gripe I have with it. I think one of the you were talking about like exploring um, in Sword and Shield. I think that brings up one of my issues with it is it's very linear. That's and true. The routes are just like you go from the exit of this city to the entrance to this city. Yeah. Um, we really miss a lot of the like Reggie exploration type things, totally. um, sunken ships or what have you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it is cool to explore like the grassy areas and mm-hmm. the open, the, the wild area was cool to explore, but it still seems a little confined to me. It's, that's true. It's big when you're like trying to bike through it from one end to the other, but it's not super big on like areas to look into. Yeah, that's what that's. I think that's what another thing that makes these two generations super interesting to compare is that you know, diamond and pearl and platinum. You you have that top down perspective. You have a very sort of limited field of view. Yeah, and so the world feels so big because you're True. only seeing like a you know. 30 by 20 like yeah. square at a time you know and with generation eight you you literally like just turn your camera and you're just like oh here's this entire environment mm-hmm. and yeah i do i agree with you it's sort of there's not a whole lot of like dungeons proper in uh sword and shield you don't have something like in generation four you had the old chateau which was a cool right, yeah. little yeah. sort of secret sort of place where you encounter some genuinely spooky stuff. It was cool. Yeah. And I, I am missing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm hoping we maybe, maybe get a little bit of that energy, a little bit of that vibe from the DLC. But I, yeah, this, this is really tough. Yeah. Uh, do you have a preference between these two? That's, that's a great point. And I'm glad you brought it up because I was just about to send generation off to the next round, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't, these are still kind of pretty close to neck and neck. I feel like both, um, I don't know, Sword and Shield seems a little bit more like it's trying to be revolutionary okay. than, um, than Generation 4, Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum were. Yeah. Because um, like you said, it was just like Generation 4 was just maintaining Pokemon and like smaller additions and changes. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I, if I'm being honest with myself, I think I value the risk-taking of Generation 8 a little bit more. Yeah, it's definitely more bold whether or not that is successful and has paid off. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll see. Maybe we should come back to this in, in some time. Yeah. But um, Yeah, that's another thing, too, is that we've had so much time with Generation 4, where yeah. with Generation 8 we've only yeah. had a couple months. <laughs> right. Yeah, literally like three, four months now. So. Yes. Yeah, I as as much as like people love to hate Generation Eight, and I I still get I get why people don't like it, and all the all the other stuff. There's so much more to address surrounding this <laughs> yeah. this generation. 
I'm kind of leaning towards it. And I yep. feel guilty for <laughs> wanting to like it more than Generation 4. Because I, I really loved Platinum a lot. It was like, yeah, it that's up there. So I don't know. Yeah. I It's hard. Yeah. I really, I, th- I really think we, uh, again, I, I go keep going back to this point, but I think it, it says something. This has got me, Generation Day has got me excited again about, about Pokemon. Yeah. And it, it, the fact that even in this, you know, we, again, we're trying to limit how much we get, how much credence yeah. we give to the DLC, but the fact that we can just say like legendaries have regional forms now, like I'm yeah. just like, Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, watching, was, watching that direct, I was like at work and I was like trying not to like fangirl scream <laughs> at like eight thirty in the morning in a <laughs> professional environment. Yeah. Um, that was really cool. It didn't bring a lot back in when you like saw those like research notes was, was cool. Like, Oh, what is this? What is that? Is that, could that be Moltres? Like that stuff. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. Uh, another thing I want to tack on before we like make a decision is the accessibility to competitive battling is so it, there's a much lower threshold. It's true. I, I adore that. I commend game freak for doing all that with bottle caps, with mints, um, the dens you get like, four perfect IVs at least on the five star or whatever. Yeah. It's I can I can make like a decent um battle tower team in like a couple hours, half a day, you know? That's awesome. It's 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 super nice. Like I've I've gotten back into like breeding and training more. Um that's really where I've moved in the post game stuff. Nice. It's been it's I've enjoyed that a lot. Like no no Pokemon you catch is really worthless. Yeah. If you have, like, it will take more resources and more time to to make it, like, perfect IV, hyper-trained. Sure. Um, but you can still, like, as long as it's got, like, a hidden ability or not, it's pretty much useful. Other, otherwise, Gigantamax, I guess. But yeah, I, I have appreciated that a lot. That's a really, really, there's lots of good, small quality of life improvements in in Sword and Shield. Yeah, it's not all just sort of swinging for the fences like we've been talking yeah. about. A yeah. lot of it is just sort of like, hey, your PC could be accessed from anywhere now. Yeah. Like all of those tiny little things I feel like really add up and just it it made playing through the game just and and now playing in the post game. It just made everything so much smoother. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know there were a lot of times where I was just playing through and I'm like, "Huh, that's nice." Yeah. <laughs> like like nothing that I'm like, "Oh my god, wow." Just like that's nice, but it was a lot of those moments. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it it has some of those marginal improvements that seem to define generation four. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> that honestly might seal the deal for me. I mm-hmm. I, uh, I again we're we're probably <laughs> irritating some people in the crowd here. That's but fine. I th- I think generation eight has got it, it's doing enough for me. It's I think it's sending Pokemon as a franchise in the right direction. Mm-hmm. At least compared to generation four, it is doing more yeah yeah Yeah. because i maybe it's just guys i haven't played generation four in a while and just can't remember much about it but i can't remember much about it other than like garchomp (laughs) yeah oh gosh and i I think that's just the thing i think that i i i I think that's an important fact is the fact that it 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 doesn't feel super memorable memorable because it's just reinforcing a lot of what was great about the first three generations yeah and yeah. that's not a bad thing. Right. But I think when it comes to us, you know, especially now as adults, like really getting excited about this franchise and wanting to play more of it, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's got to have those big swing for the fences moments and it's got to have those small marginal right. improvements that just make the game 
more convenient to play. Mm-hmm. I hesitate to say easier. We can talk about the difficulty of Sword and Shield later, but True. it's it, it, just more convenient to yeah. play. It, you know, it's it's much more painstaking to build a team that's competitively viable back in in in, in Diamond and Pearl and Platinum than it is in. In, in sword and shield and mm-hmm. some of us you know we just want to have a team ready and we want to go online and play in a tournament and yeah. not get our butts whooped right so the fact that sword and shield provides that opportunity and much more mm-hmm. i think is really pushed it ahead for me yeah. so it's trying enough big stuff and also still doing little stuff yeah whether or not the big stuff has landed yes yeah yeah well said i think generation eight's moving on yeah for this round to we'll the next round We'll see if we can make more people mad in the next round. <laughs> yeah. On that note, let's review the standings. So we have, in the semifinal rounds, we have Generation 5 going up against Generation 2, and then Generation 3 going up against Generation 8. Okay. This will be interesting. Uh, check your rackets. See where see, see where you've landed here. I, I think we've probably subverted some expectations. But hey, if you're, if you're in line with us, we'd love to hear what you guys think. So... With that said, let's move on to the semifinals. We have Generation 5, Pokemon Black, White, Black 2, White 2, going up against Generation 2, Pokemon Gold, Silver, and Crystal. Time continues to move on. <laughs> it's getting, like, deeper every time. It's just, the construct of time still exists. <laughs> it is painful. Yes. Um, yeah. So I think we're doing Generation 2 and 5 now. Correct. I feel like there. This is like a good matchup because Generation Two is the polish of Generation One. Yes. There and then Generation Five is like the reboot, so they're both improving the original formula in their own yeah. ways. Right. Um, one from like a strictly improving it, and another one from just like redoing it from from ground up. Yeah, it's cool to look at that from sort of a a broad game design approach mm-hmm. like how how each of these games were formed structurally yeah i yeah i'm definitely leaning towards two going out of the gates here just because again it's so hard to go up against the the sheer content it provides i mm-hmm. i love that you encounter so many gym leaders i love that there's so many Pokemon to catch and you, you get to track some really familiar areas by revisiting Kanto. I love a lot of the Pokemon designs. I think generation five has a lot of cool designs, but uh, I feel like generation two is probably land a bit better for me. Hmm. Uh, generation five is maybe one of those that I haven't spent a whole lot of time with um, comparatively. I definitely played through the games a couple times, but uh, I feel like I I'm just willing to put more hours into two. But um, I know you've spent a lot of time in the post game of Generation Five games. How's that experience been? I I think it's been good. I've I yeah, I've just spent a lot of time there, and it's been been more fun for me. I built like a sand team with like Tyranitar and Excadrill. So nice. like taking my favorites from Gen 2 and then the the newer Pokemon and cool mechanics and abilities. I don't know. I, I'm, so far I'm leaning Generation 5 here. Okay. Um, and just thinking about all that, I can't remember what else I had to say about this. Yeah. Um, no, no, that's all good. I, hmm. It's, I, I didn't get into the, the post game of 5. Um, 
was it because it like turned me off like mechanically or anything? No, I don't think so. Um, I think it was just a matter of, you know, spending time with the game, that sort of thing. But uh, I do love how different five feels generation Mm -hmm. five, black and white. It's uh, even just small things like the music in the game like yeah. feels a lot more yeah. you know electronic and unusual even there's when you fight gets us or the, the the big bad of the of the game there's lyrics there's like a there's like a, a gregorian yeah. chant in the background yeah. like all of those things made this feel like like oh this is pokemon mm-hmm. but different like we're, we're really throwing it at you in a different way which i really appreciated i it, it feels very distinct from the first four generations. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I agree with that as well. Um, and you were talking about music when you like talk to a guy playing the flute. It adds in like flute yeah. to the track. Yeah, that, that was cool. Just like small touches. Um, I think I like the designs in Gen Five better. Okay. Um, and I know I've seen like snippets from interviews with the designers and the creative team that like. They tried to make them more edgy. Yeah. And maybe this is like junior high and high school. Me, like it just <laughs> coincides with my life again, where it's like, oh, like Haxorus is super cool. It's got oh, axes gosh, it on is. its face. <laughs> and then it is super cool. And then Hydragon's really sweet. Mm-hmm. Um and and I think yeah, there were still like more round, roly poly, like friendly looking guys in Gen 2. Yeah. Um and not as many like Steelixes and and Sneasels and things like that that I liked about those ones. I think that's fair. I think what I really like about the Generation Five Pokemon designs too is that they're really their sort of design concepts can sometimes really be laid bare in front of you in a very good way. Like I love Scraggy and Scrafty. I love that it's it, it sort of goes back to what I said about Greninja where it's like, oh, this is like, OK, so Scraggy and Scrafty are like a, a, a shedding skin Pokemon. It's like a mm-hmm. salamander or like a like a, any sort of reptile, that sort of thing. But it's it's shedded skin as pants. Yeah. So it looks like, uh, you know, a, a sort of urban punk yeah. from the United States. And like, that's super cool. Yeah, yeah. Like the fact that that type of fusion can exist in some of these Pokemon is super great. Mm-hmm. And I can't say that there's anything quite like that in generation two i mean they always argue that remoraid looks like a gun and octillery looks like a tank i don't really see it <laughs> but yeah. it's it, it, it was by this point you know in, in in the pokemon generations they're really willing to fuse some ideas really create some more high concept yeah. Pokemon, yeah. and I think that's a strength of some of the later Pokemon designs. Mm-hmm. The first ones are sort of like, what kind of Pokemon don't we have? Oh, we don't really have a spider. Let's make Ariados, and we'll yeah. give it a scary face because some spiders have scary faces on them. It's like it's yeah. very grounded, yeah. and that's not necessarily bad, but still when, like nature based. Exactly. Yeah, and when we're when we're venturing through these these fantasy worlds and that sort of thing, I think it's okay for them to have those really heady sort of f- fun ideas mm-hmm. that aren't as familiar with our world. So yeah. I, I'll, I'll give you some credit there for the, I, I think the generation five Pokemon really do get a bad rap. Uh, there's definitely, definitely some I have beefs with. I, I'm not huge on like the monkey line. You know, I, I like that they did the sort mm-hmm. of like some of them are like, uh, hear no evil, see no evil. Like there's certain, oh, yeah, the, they have primary that, types exactly yeah like they have that like little obsidian. element as a through line through with them but altogether their designs are just sort of 
plane for me, I guess. Yeah. Um, I'm not huge on like the, the Mincino and Chinchino. I feel like they just look too similar and they're just sort of like, yeah, they go, they go back to what is the problem I have with some of the generation one and two Pokemon where it's just like, Oh, this is the Pokemon world's version of an animal we have. Yeah. And, uh, I, I think like it needed a little bit more. And sometimes I feel like maybe they went too far with some of the designs. I don't like throw in sock. Like I, yeah, it's I, just like dudes wearing karate like robes. Yeah. They, uh, I think pretty consistently some of my least favorite Pokemon are the, the humanoid ones that go a little bit too close to human. Yeah. <laughs> the uncanny yeah. Valley just sort of kicks yeah. in and you're like, wait, why am I sword and shield starters? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like them, but they do have a little bit of that problem. Yeah. So uh, it, it's a give and take, I think, with a, a lot of these Pokemon. I think when mm. it, with any generation, when they introduce, you know, more than 50, you're going to have some duds. Yeah. It's I, I don't think the Pokemon team gets enough credit with just like they have to crank out like at least, you know, 50 solid designs. Right. Yeah. Every couple of years. Yeah. That is hard. It is hard to just create like one iconic character in one graphic designer's entire life <laughs> right yeah much less create some that might you know stand the test of time with certain mm-hmm. people you know forever who knows so yeah i see where you're coming from um how do you feel about the pokemon uh, generation two designs are there uh you you've said that like houndor really re- resonated yeah. with you and some of those i really like scissor i think scissor is super cool super cool yeah still, um, one of, still one of my favorites i think it's it's important to note that a lot of them sort of got left by the wayside too. Like, uh, I was surprised to see Quillfish pop up again in Pokemon That's Sword right, and Shield, yeah. and it's th- there's some that are definitely whiffs. So it's all yeah. sort of a, a a moot point on both sides. Uh, the, the The Pokemon designs it 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 all comes out as a wash sometimes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I. I, I, I hate to keep going back to the point that like generation two just provides you such a journey, but it really does. I feel like you really fight your way through the ranks in that game. In, in those games, it's, it, it's cool to see your trainer card stack up with 16 badges. Yeah, <laughs> there, yeah, there's something so really satisfying cool. about that to me. And the gym trainers, the, the, the gym leaders do, play a part in the story of black and white, which I appreciate, but I, I I don't know. It doesn't feel like they're necessarily as iconic as some of the generation two gym leaders that you meet for the first time and revisit. Um, but that might just be sure. just me. How do you, how do you feel about some of those characters? Yeah, I guess there's some of them are memorable. Yeah. I feel um, it's been a while since I've played them. But I, I know there's like the the girl at the airport. Oh yeah, Skyla. Really cool. Yeah, yeah Skyla's cool. Um, there's like the cowboy, the rock gym guy. Yes. He's cool. Yeah, his name's probably like Chip or like Boulder. Ground pun. Yeah, it's something something easy. <laughs> no, okay. I know. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, what I really do like about the gym leaders in generation five and some i think some of the other generations have it too but their gyms are also some other practical thing like, yeah 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 yeah. like skyla i forgot about that she's a flying type but her gym is also an airport hangar. yeah yeah and the the bug type guy 
He's an artist, he's right? He's an artist. Yeah. So his, his place is an art gallery. Um, the normal type gym leader, her place is a library. Like mm-hmm. I, I think that was super cool. And that yeah. really helped make the region of Unova feel a little bit more like, like a functioning civilization. It's exactly. not just like we live here and sometimes there are Pokemon battles. Yes, exactly. It, yeah. I, I, I applaud Generation 8 so much for making Pokemon and Pokemon battling feel so much like a part of the culture. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I feel like Generation 5 was sort of a predecessor to that. Yeah. Having yeah. that sort of idea of, like, you know, they, they're always saying the games in the anime and all the other media, like, oh, humans and Pokemon living alongside each other. And Generation 5 showed that. Yeah. So, um, and that was like a main yeah. part of the story too yeah. on like why we shouldn't listen to, to team PETA was, yeah. was like, <laughs> we, we improve each other's lives by cohabiting these, this world. Right. So, yeah. I yeah. Don't know. Oh man, <laughs> I can't believe you're, you're convincing me that generation two might not make it to the finals. <laughs> it's, it's hard. Yeah. As much as I'm fond of that generation, it is cool to get 16 badges, but to me, that's all you're doing kind of is, is you're just getting 16 badges. Ooh, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I don't know. There's yeah. beyond that. There's not much just because there's, it, there's like two games in one doesn't make it a full story or, or a, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Quality over quantity. I sometimes, sometimes. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Which it is good, yeah. good quantity. And pretty good quality, so yeah, it has that. Yeah, but I, I, I have to go back to our our last matchup when we were talking about uh, Generation Four versus Generation Eight. Generation Four just sort of brought everything up to speed, made everything very polished. Mm-hmm. But Generation Eight is making some big swings. That might be what's going on here too, with Generation Two sort of just like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. Pokemon ended up being a hit. Let's fix everything, yeah, and make it and make it more presentable, um, and introduce a few smaller things, and you know, give them a ton of content as sort of gravy. And but Generation Five is like, nope, for, first four generations, not gonna really gonna worry about those. Mm-hmm. Here's 150, however many new Pokemon. They might look somewhat familiar. They might stru- sort of functionally yeah. fit some of the roles that they did back in Generation 1. But they're new because this world is yeah. new. This world is tackling new issues, that sort of thing. Oh, man. Yeah, I uh, I might have to agree with you there. That's the, There's a lot that Generation 5 is doing that's, uh, I think, important yeah. for the franchise to do on a regular basis. Or any franchise, really. Um it was a good reintroduction to the masses kind of, of, yeah. of like just just to remind you like what Pokemon is. Yeah. But in a in a really good looking new way. Yeah. We're going to do it and do it much better. I yeah. feel more so than better than what gold and silver were. Ooh, man. Uh, yeah. That's pretty compelling. Uh, are we comfortable moving uh, generation five onto the finals? I am. I haven't, I haven't been convinced otherwise on gen two, I think. Yeah. I, uh, I've just been convincing myself more. <laughs> it's probably yeah. not good for debate. Yeah. No, I, 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 I uh, I keep, when I when I try to argue for two, I'm just sort of like more battles, more, more <laughs> places to go. There's eight more gyms. <laughs> it's eight more fun. Yeah, it's like 
yeah, it it it, it feels very familiar, and I I, yeah. I I love what Generation Two did, um, mm-hmm. but a lot of its big swings aren't really all that big anymore. They really easily became staples, but they're not super surprising. Like the 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 fact that it introduced breeding, I think, was a big deal, but yeah. it didn't. You know that that didn't necessarily affect how we played the game um, mm-hmm. or how we went about the main sort of storyline. Um, I like the introduction of the day and night cycle, but that sort of become a staple of the games. Black and white even had seasons, which I loved. Yeah. I, I hope that's, they bring that back right. eventually, um, which they sort of do in Sword and Shield with the weather effects, I guess, in yeah. the wild area. But yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's, not quite in the same way. Yeah, but pretty um, random. Yeah. Um, hold items were introduced in this generation shinies but all of yeah. those feel you know just sort of like pieces of the puzzle where yeah. generation five is like here's a different puzzle we're going to rearrange it a little bit yeah um man yeah okay i've been convinced i did it generation I've five convinced you onto the finals pokemon black white black two and white two are moving onto the finals okay i yeah brackets are all over He's the place flustered. but this is this is great. No, this is this is what this show is all about. So, okay, let's see who, who Generation Five will be facing off in the finals. We have Generation Three going up against Generation Eight. That's Pokemon Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald versus Pokemon Sword and Shield. Here we go. Time is a circle. <laughs> Time is a circle. <laughs> let's just say Generation Eight and just move it on to the finals and not give any reason for it. <laughs> Gosh, that would be. Yep. Yep. We could do that, but right, we agree. <laughs> no. Okay. Um, so real. let's talk about the elephant in the room, the um, national decks yep. in generation eight. Um, I, hmm, okay. Before I even, even provide my own color commentary, how did you feel about that issue? Uh, what were your thoughts when you heard that not all Pokemon would be able to be even transferred to generation eight? I, I think at first I was as concerned and worried as the rest of social media was. Yep. Um, it's like, what am I supposed to do with like my favorite teams that I, I are some somewhere stuck in the purgatory that is Pokemon Bank? Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, w- when can I bring my favorites? Because I could probably like bring them all the way up from like Ruby originally. Right. Like, my playthroughs of that. So like, that was worrying. Um, I think. In the back of my mind, I was cautiously optimistic, like they'd have to bring that function back at mm. some point, um, whether or not it was through um, further generations or further, like the third version of, of Sword and Shield. Right. Um, so I, th- I think I had a bit more positive outlook on it. Okay. Um, and yeah, and and my any worries that I still did have have been kind of quieted with the... Um, the DLC announcements. Yeah. I think even if it's not all of them and maybe they'll patch it in more. That's like the great thing about current technologies. You can just update patches and, and fix things. Right. So I'm still kind of hoping they do that. Um, sounds good. Just cause it'd be nice to get them all like onto the switch. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts? So when I first heard about it, um, I didn't, I don't th- I don't remember having a very adverse reaction mm-hmm. just because I've never been one to 
you know, follow the all too famous slogan and catch them all. I've always just sort of created yeah. my team, maybe caught some extras that I thought were neat. And that was my playthrough. Yeah. So I was like, oh, maybe this will provide me an opportunity to uh, interact with a more catered selection of Pokemon. Yeah. I, I do like that kind exactly. of aspect where it's like it forces you to play with the new ones. Exactly. Yeah. And that's exactly what I did with my playthrough. All of my Pokemon were um, either new or Pokemon mm-hmm. that I've never had on a team before. Yeah. So that made the, my first playthrough of, of Pokemon Shield, in my case, all the more exciting. And so that was sort of an advantage I saw. Um, number two was my, sort of my number two reaction to the, the, the National Dex issue was uh, this was bound to happen. <laughs> Just yeah. because... I mean, it's kind of a miracle so far that you, right. the, the, that all these Pokemon games have been connected across not only generations of games, but generally generations of consoles. Yeah. Like, that's pretty wild. I got to get him some credit for that. And not that that, you know, that, that covers a multitude of sins, maybe not all of them, but uh, I we're nearly to a thousand Pokemon. Yeah. Nearly to a thousand. It's crazy. That is a lot of data to manage. Reach through like almost all the generations, like back to three not counting the virtual consoles because that's kind of cheating. Right. But that's that's pretty incredible. Right. And to manage all of that to, um, you know, say what you will about, you know, how easy it is to animate something or how easy it isn't or whatever. I, I just think, you know, they've made each and every Pokemon so deep and rich with not only, you know, flavor text, you know, within the Mm -hmm. Pokemon universe, but also just pure data and how they function as a game mechanic. So to balance all that and everything, uh, I'm glad they're sort of appearing to take it in chunks here now with the DLC. So uh, I was okay with that. Um, Mm -hmm. So, but, you know, I I get why people are upset. I really do. Um, It's it's a big change and it feels... It feels unfinished at sometimes, you know, when you, when you encounter you know a certain Pokemon multiple times throughout the throughout a, the, the given region. Eh, I get that. <laughs> I get why that might feel a little bit. I don't know. That yeah. might bother you a little bit. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't think it really affected how I how much I enjoyed Generation Eight. It really didn't. It yeah. The the. I think the the Pokemon world is as as rich and vibrant and alive as it has ever been in, in Generation Eight. Um, I there's so many of these gym leaders I love. I love Nessa. I love Kabu. I love uh, Rehan a lot. I, mm-hmm. I I love that there's some existing relationships between yeah. you and the champion and your rival and the champion. I mean your your rivals the the younger brother the champion who's sort of living under his shadow. Uh, like it's these types of things. These sort of you know we've talked about how. Okay, Pokemon's experimenting with the world as creative. It's putting characters in now because it's sort of got the core mechanics down. And this is sort of the fusion of all of that. So it's sort of like, what sort of situations would these characters encounter in this world that we've created? One of my favorite elements of the entire game is uh, Marnie's storyline with Team Yell and her older brother Piers, who's a mm-hmm. gym leader. It literally, I mean, very quietly, and I'm like looking way too much into it, but it touches on the economics of the Pokemon universe because it's like, okay, Spike Myth, where this gym is, is a very poor sort of rundown town. Yeah. 
So this team sort of forms around the gym challenger from that town to sort of reinvigorate the yeah. life of that town. Like that's something I had never thought about before. Like yeah. how, how does the gym affect the town? How yeah. does, you know, a town with a smaller gym, you know, compare to all of these big, enormous cities with, you know, freaking steampunk themes and, mm-hmm. and giant stadiums and huge farmland areas. Like that was cool. I, I hope they do more of that uh, because I think the Pokemon world is so interesting and, it, it it deserves to have those kinds of stories told in it. So I generation eight gave me that hope that that sort of thing is out there and uh, that game freak has seen it and that they're yeah. tapping into it, however quietly. Uh, so I'll take what I can get. So yeah. that's an interesting point. I hadn't really thought about that, but it, it definitely does make the world feel more cohesive and not just mm-hmm. like people in houses. And then also there's, pokemon battles right like it it really brings it together yeah it a lot more it you know again it's and any of these pokemon games that reinforce that alongside pokemon and people alongside one another i think is anytime it can reinforce that it just makes the game all the better Mm -hmm. so man okay so generation eight is going up against generation three here i I, I struggle to find more to say about Generation 3. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. And, and again, it might be some sort of recency bias, but I, I I do think that Generation 3 is still Pokemon as a franchise, finding its stride, building its worlds, mm-hmm. um, and it, it, it does some cool things, and it did some cool things for how Pokemon function as game mechanics, you know, like we said, abilities and natures, that sort of thing. Um, and it was contests. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking about that. Yeah. Those were fun. Yeah. Doing, was that, no, that wasn't on the DS yet where you had to, like, right. stir it. No. <laughs> stir the stir the poffins or whatever. No, that was, that was still Pokeblocks, was Pokeblocks, it? Pokeblocks, yeah. yes, when it was a rhythm game. Oh, that's right. Yes. Had a little spinner flying around, and yeah. you just had to hit it at the right time. Yeah, those yeah. mini games are all fine and good, I think. Uh, I think the contests sort of do what we're talking about Generation 8 doing, yeah. and that it, it, it shows yeah. how a different way for humans and Pokemon right. to interact. I think it that did cater well to people who weren't always about battle, battle, battle yes. and stuff yeah. more so. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, and, and again, it sort of makes Pokemon feel like more than just, you know... I hate when people make the joke that like, oh, Pokemon's is dog fighting. It's like, no, okay, you're only the hundredth person to make that joke. Okay, yeah. uh, but it, it reinforces again that that alongside element, that idea mm-hmm. that these are humans interacting with some creatures that are, you know, something they're a little bit more powerful and stranger than the animals that we have in our world. So, I, I think anytime it brings that sort of element up is good. So. Uh, uh, again, though, I just what else is there more to to three that's worth mentioning here? I'm not quite sure. Yeah, I don't know. Don't I don't know either. Other than like weather and kind of yeah that aspect, I think that helps bring the world to life. Yeah, um, um, other than being permanently green, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> all year round or whatever color the. 16-bit pixels were in, in gold and silver. Right. Beige. <laughs> beige. We have our beige season. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, 
maybe this is like the Weather Institute. That was kind of cool, where they were like researching cast forms and and yeah. showing kind of um, industry around Pokemon and Pokemon mm-hmm. phenomenons. I guess. Yeah, that's a, mm. cast form is interesting because I, I think one sort of beef I have with it, it's it's continued since sort of Generation Three, and that's gimmick Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um, The cast form is just sort of showing the novelty of weather without actually being viable for it. And uh, Kecleon is sort of the same thing for me with it's it's like, oh, it'll become whatever type was it was last hit by. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's interesting enough. But uh, at the end of the day, I think I want my Pokemon to be a little bit more robust than that. Um, Generation eight has that i guess in the in the form of more peco more peco more pico the the pikachu analog yeah um it has its 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 uh regular form and then it has its hangry form and is it is it more than than just that gimmick mechanic i don't know <laughs> yeah he seems to be i mean he's kind of picked up steam in competitive has he world yeah oh nice they've they've People have discovered that he's like actually decent. And That's awesome. Because I think Aura Wheel is like 130 base power or something like that. Oh dang! Okay. I was watching a popular competitive YouTuber and he's like, "Wait, what? He's good." <laughs> so like that seemed kind of cool. Um, I I don't know. I haven't used him at all though, so I, I don't know much more. Okay. Um, yeah. But I yeah, I I think he doesn't seem too gimmicky. I guess because it's it's yeah. not it's not tied to any gimmick in Sword and Shield. It's right. just. Just like, he's, oh, it has this ability. More so like Kecleon, I guess. Okay. Because um, cast form was kind of like weather stuff that was... It was meant to draw your eye to something. Yeah. But yeah, Kecleon um, sort of stands on its own. More Pico sort of stands on its own. Uh, I don't have any issues with, with them. Yeah. Just as being, I don't know, something different, something unique. Yeah. If it's just a one-off. Yeah, there's probably no harm in it. Yeah. But uh, I... I you know, I, 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 I've always been sort of hesitant to like the emphasis on forms and that sort of thing, but they've grown on me, especially mm-hmm. with mega evolution becoming more of a standard thing and gigantamax and becoming more of a standard thing. Yeah. Um, those core game mechanics reflecting the form aspect a little bit more. So yeah, I mean, generation three of the battle frontier, that was another big aspect. Yeah. Um, again, it, it, it's an emphasis on battle, hence the name of mm-hmm. course, but it did show different ways to battle. Yeah. So there's, there's something there, I think. Yeah. And I, I, th- I feel like people hold that as one of the high standards of post-game content. Yeah. Um, I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, just the different, the different ways. I can't remember. How, yeah, there was, there was like, rent- I tried to get into it. There were like rental teams. Yeah. I remember. And, uh, you know, sometimes your teams were limited to just three Pokemon um, sometimes I think you couldn't switch out and there were different leaders for each of those sort of yeah. battle styles, which was kind of neat. Um, but I don't think any of those really, those battle styles have really stuck. Um, yeah, I they think, haven't been continued right. other than double battles, right? which yeah. is like the main format for competitive now. Yeah. So I guess that, that has some merit to it. Right. Yeah. But, oh man, it's 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 sometimes tough to talk about generation three because it's it's still very early in the the franchise's sort yeah. of life <laughs> to, mm-hmm. and to to look at some of these things with with fresh eyes is sometimes difficult so um i i love the music in generation three uh but 
Trumpets. <laughs> Trumpets is brass. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, but I also love the music in Generation 8. Holy cow. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Uh, it really captures the excitement of a, of, a, of a sports stadium and the intensity of it all. And it and got one of my favorite video game composers, Toby Fox. He did a song. Woo, that's awesome. And <laughs> why why does Generation 3 have trumpets? I don't know. It doesn't necessarily feel thematically there. It, it definitely amplified some of what the Game Boy Advance could do, which is good. Sure, yeah. But uh, then again, we saw, you know, Generation 8 take advantage of the fact that this was the first mainland Pokemon game on a console. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, man, I, I, I feel like I keep going back to generation eight, but I, I, I want to sort of check myself right. a little bit. Like I, <laughs> I'm hesitant to say like generation eight is the second best generation possibly or the best. Like right. I feel, I feel like something's wrong there <laughs> when I say that. Yeah. Um, like, okay, let's go back to basics here a yeah, little yeah, bit yeah. with, uh, the Pokemon designs. Yeah. I, Love a lot of Generation Three Pokemon. Ralts is probably one of my favorites, yeah. and it's its entire line. Cool. I really like uh, the Lotad and C Dot lines a lot. Yeah. Um, Ludicolo is so weird, though. I love Ludicolo. Oh, it's so cool. It, I it, think Detective Pikachu made it worse for me too. <laughs> Just made it screamy. Yeah, yeah. Like I did not need that added <laughs> on to what I already did not like about Ludicolo. Oh gosh, there was a a, a video on the Pokemon subreddit that <laughs> it, it was just it said oh they're just vibing it was a ludicolo versus a, a galarian mr mime so they were just dancing at each oh, other God. and it was simultaneously yeah. really endearing and slightly creepy right yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um i love the okay one strict thing i definitely like better about generation three over yeah. generation eight the legendaries i love groudon kyogre and rayquaza uh, yeah, yeah. Or Rayquaza. I always say Rayquaza, but I say Rayquaza. Rayquaza. Apparently, it's Rayquaza. Nah, nah. nah. I refuse to acknowledge that. <laughs> um, I, I agree yeah. with you, though. Um, yeah. I, I mean, just feel like they're much more distinct. They represent the themes of the games, with you know being mm -hmm. environment and weather, yeah, and the relationship between like land and sea and different types of environments. I think I feel like they capture that really well, and. I remember being super excited when I'd like looked at the box art for Ruby and Sapphire and Emerald. Yes. Yeah. 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 Cause they look menacing. Mm -hmm. Like uh, it's, I, I, I love, I think Kyogre is my favorite of the three of them because Kyogre captures that sort of like, Oh, this is a deep sea thing mm -hmm. that they're, could F me up. Yeah. They're like <laughs> glowy forms where you just like see the, the lines yeah. on them. That was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like them a lot more. Yeah, I, I, I Zacian and Zamazenta, I think, are fine, but I don't know, maybe a little bit too on the nose yeah, and a little bit too similar. Yeah, and just wolves. <laughs> the fact that there's like weapons stapled to dogs doesn't help much. No. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I think of, of of the two, Zacian's probably got a little bit. Uh, I take a little bit more issue with because it's literally a, a wolf with a sword. Right. Yeah. Uh, but Zamazenta, at least sort of the shield is kind of integrated into its design, uh, yeah. you know, integrated into its body as opposed to just holding an object. Um, right. But uh, so, yeah, I, I like the legendaries better. And, and what what even is Eternatus? Like, it's just like a energy skeleton dragon thing. Yeah, I don't. 
Hopefully the DLC sort of fills in that blank a little bit. That'd be nice. Yeah. Because they they just like, what, found it in a basement and they're (laughs) like, we can use this to make all Pokemon strong. They're like, oh, this is the source of the Dynamax, Gigantamax energy. It's like, wait, 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 what? (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, it's a little bit strange. Yeah. I, I, I'd like to get a little bit more lore on that. And we yeah. get lore aplenty on the mm-hmm. legendaries in in Ruby and Sapphire. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I like Latios and Latias were really cool. Yeah. I think Jirachi is a cool. Jirachi cool super cool. Um, I remember getting like the Pokemon Coliseum bonus disc, getting Jirachi. That was sweet. Yeah. Or the, the Reggies we've talked about a little yeah. bit as well. I yeah. think they're super cool because yeah. they sort of do for me what the Ultra Beasts did in that like, oh, okay, these are sort of like robotic golem type things. Yeah. Um, and that's sort of like because they sort of placed them in this sort of separate category of Pokemon, it allowed them to be a little bit more strange. And it looks like we're going to be getting some more Reggies yeah. in uh, the Sword and Shield DLC. Yeah, and, and the, cool. the the Punchy Bear, um, Urshifu, and then yeah. the Calyrex? Did yes, that right? the, the, the crown Pokemon. The balloon deer. Yeah. yeah, I think that thing looks cool. Yeah, I'm, are, I'm okay with both of them. Yeah. I, I like them. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll see, because right now, as it is, Sword and Shield just has like the three legendaries. Yep. And they're they're kind of they kind of fall flat, I think. Yeah, but I, they're I do in like the right direction. I do like the story behind the dogs; they're really cool. Yeah, but I, um, their yeah. design doesn't help, and then Eternatus is just just kind of there to right. to be a, a third. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I I do like that you sort of play a part in discovering what Zation and Zamazenta are all about. Yeah. You sort of uncover yeah. like, oh, the myths aren't exactly what we thought they were. And there's, you know, this, the sword and the shield of yore are actually literal Pokemon. Mm-hmm. I think that was cool. Kind of a cool, fun twist. Yeah. Um, I, I like that, you know, there's another character who really sort of represents that with Sonya. I think she's really super cool. I think she's a great character. Um, and you get to see her grow in that way and mm-hmm. sort of interact with the lore. Hopefully, again, <laughs> we're sort of placing a lot of stake in the DLC once yeah. in a while. But um, I, I, I think Sword and Shield just sets up a lot of really great stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, man, <laughs> I, I'm really struggling here. <laughs> with yeah, which, with which of these two to move forward? Um, yeah, I, I can't, I, I can't think of much like great things about Ruby and Sapphire and Emerald. Yeah, I don't know. Again, it's sort of, you know, to a lesser extent than maybe Generation Two and Four, but. It does. I think it does more maintaining mm-hmm. than Sword and Shield does. <laughs> yeah, Sword and Shield really swings for the fences in it's, a it's great more, way. More of uh, just making another Pokemon game because there's a new um, Nintendo system to put it on, right? And not um, doing that and trying to improve and revolutionize established things. Yeah. I don't know. Yep. <laughs> I I hate to say it, but I think I'm leaning towards eight. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I as, just, as much as I hesitate to push eight further, I haven't found enough to... To go three. To, yeah. Yeah, I think, okay, uh, we've got to sort of put it into even simpler terms. Sure. Uh, generation eight 
points the franchise in a lot of really great obvious directions, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, being more MMO-like, having some really compelling Pokemon designs, having DLC that really bucks a lot of tradition about what we thought about legendary Pokemon, that sort of thing. Ruby and Sapphire and Emerald, Generation 3, did point the Pokemon franchise in some right directions, but not mm-hmm. in super obvious ways. Um, now, now sort of looking back, they're kind of like, oh yeah, that ended up being really impactful, like abilities and natures and that sort of thing. But it yeah. wasn't clear that this was a pivot point. And I would even, I would, I don't even know if I would go as far mm-hmm. as to, as to call Generation Three a pivot point. It was just sort of like a another refinement. Yeah. Um, but it, it 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 was pointing Pokemon in a certain way. But really, Sword and Shield is like these are what the games are going to be about. And like we've realized the strength of this franchise uh, and we're trying to focus it up and we're trying to build a base for something really huge. <laughs> like Sword yeah. and Shield feels yeah. like the tip of the iceberg. Like I can't wait to see what Generations 9 and 10 are going to be like. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I think there's a lot of potential. And if they go further then because I think a lot of people were disappointed in the step from seven to eight Mm. in that like a lot of people think that sword and shield should have been the game with the DLC already on it. Sure. And like they're trying to gouge us for money, but (laughs) different topic, different podcast. Um, So I, yeah, yeah, I, I kind of lost where I was going with that, but, (laughs) but I, I feel like it, if they keep pushing forward in in greater strides like they have in generations previous to eight, I'm very excited. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, to your point with that, generation three is more just making it more complex, yep. the established system, um, which is fine. Like like you said, natures and abilities were, were great and double battles. Yep. Was just, um, yeah, making it more complex. Yeah. And not, I don't know. Maybe it just feels different because it was unproven ground at that point where it just feels so natural to us. Right. Yeah. I but I, I, I feel like Generation 3 was r- r- sort of messing with, you know, more surface level stuff. I hate mm-hmm. to use such radical language there, but like the the stuff that it was tweaking and the stuff that it was adjusting and the, the, the moves that it was making were more on the fringes. Um, not necessarily you know, like way out there, and they weren't they weren't minuscule. They were not negligible changes, but they were smaller changes. I feel like Sword and Shield has really gone more towards the general structure, and mm-hmm. thought more about that, yeah, and adjusted more of that. Like I, like I said, my favorite thing about Sword and Shield is the gym challenge and just how important it feels mm-hmm. to that world, and. It's it's there's not anything really different about the gyms compared to previous generations. Yeah. It's just it's given more life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's given more of a context and it's given more uh, of of a character and plot, and I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and all it took was really that second look and just saying like, okay, what is the gym challenge? How can we represent it more than just mechanically? Mm-hmm. How can we make it? Uh, something that makes sense in this world and something that's celebrated and excited and exciting in this world. So, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm just going to say it. Yeah. Generation eight. Yeah. I, <laughs> I've not been convinced on generation three. Really. Yeah. It's, it's great. It's yeah. a great generation. I, 
enjoyed it. That was like, I think that was the first games I like pre-ordered at like GameStop and I got the special emerald tin. And yeah. Everything. It was, it was, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I, I love those games, but. Yeah. And I think that's something we just have to reinforce going into the finals here is that yeah. none of these are failures. Yeah. None of these yeah. have been unenjoyable experiences. And I, th- I think we're just sort of finding what we really like and value about Pokemon games yeah. by, by choosing Definitely. between some of these pairings. Mm-hmm. So let's move on to the finals, shall we? Yeah. All right. Go. So in the finals, we have Generation 5, Pokemon Black, White, Black 2 and White 2, going up against Generation 8, Pokemon Sword and Shield for the title of the Grace Generation. All right. This one's going to be hard for me. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I think I'm really attached to Generation 5. Yeah. And I know I'm contradicting myself every round by saying, like, <laughs> don't give in to the nostalgia, but I think 5 is what I most latched on to um, emotionally, I guess. Yeah. Not, I don't know. But well, yeah. Was that because of your experience in the in, in the post-game or your attachment to your team? Uh, was that about the world? What, what Kind really- of that, and I think... This generation was where I found like Serebii and was like going on. Um, no, actually, I found that I was doing that for Platinum. Okay. But I think this one I was like really on to. And I think I just got way more into like the lead up to the release of the games. Sure. And like watching the like Japanese morning shows just to get <laughs> just to get the silhouette of Zoroark. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I totally forgot yeah. about that. And yeah. like, what what is this thing? Like, is this Sonic the Pokemon? <laughs> like. That I really got into that and just like I remember I think the day they released um oh man, the legendaries, Reshiram and Zekrom. Yes. Um I was like at my grandma's house and I had to be like, Grandma, can I use your computer? I need to see what oh. they are. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my god, they're so cool. Yeah. So I I don't know, I really I really got into the build up to this release, I think. Yeah. I was I was very excited for it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I, I I'm glad you sort of brought the the build up to it. Uh, Sword and Shield as well. I that's true. I won't discount that. Right, but there was something really cool about when Black and White were announced and they released the silhouettes of the starters, and you can still find like on Deviant and Art and stuff <laughs> some really funny, yeah. and some really cool ideas yeah. for what those silhouettes could have could have been. I remember yeah. somebody interpreted Ashawat. The, the water starter who was an otter as like this little platypus with like a giant yeah. nut on its head. It was oh, yeah. really, it was a really yeah. fun design. I like, I, 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 I loved that hype leading up to it as well. Yeah, I don't think there's been as much else. like speculation since then, at least that I've paid attention to. Yeah. And I think that was really cool. It was just like people guessing and like designing from the silhouettes was, was really cool to see. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mentioned, oh, so one of our partner shows, the the Dream Media Workshop with Jack Fenimore, we were talking a little bit about uh, Pokemon Snap, but we were also talking about, you know, how special it is to really experience Pokemon for the first time, like a Pokemon, mm-hmm. like literally finding a creature or yeah. seeing it in action during a preview or something. And I feel like data miners have really messed that up. Yeah, Just like, yeah it's, it's it, hard to stay in the dark. It is. And uh, I, I really valued that about Pokemon black and white. And I, I kept mostly in the dark 
well, to a certain degree, I kept in the dark aside from the official previews for Sword and Shield. So it didn't quite feel as special in that way because there were there were a lot of really wonky Pokemon that I was surprised to see in black and white and uh, like seeing like Scraggy for the first time. I think mm-hmm. is great. So I I think there's some I think there's something to that you know, just sort of experiencing Pokemon as they're meant to be experienced. And unfortunately the, the, the media game has changed so much where Mm -hmm. you don't quite get that experience anymore. It's a shame. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that's, uh, that's cool that you're so attached to generation five. I, I, I can't say I have that quite that uh, emotional attachment to it, but I so appreciate what it is as a game. Like, uh, I think we really, uh, you know, especially over these past couple months with all the sword and shield controversy, I feel like we really don't appreciate (laughs) what Pokemon is. Like it's rebooted itself like two or three times. And like uh, everybody always says, Oh, Pokemon games are all the same. It's like, well, maybe mechanically they, they, they are, but they really force themselves to design some really mm-hmm. weird out there creatures to come up with some, you know, new and fantastic worlds that are reminiscent of our own, but not exactly. It's they throw themselves into tough situations sometimes like uh, black and black and white. I think especially they forcing themselves to try to echo generation one mm-hmm. without being generation one. Pretty unbelievable. And I, I think they pulled it off. So yeah. uh, I, I give black and white a lot of credit for that. And uh, I think I just, in terms of my emotional connection to it, I feel like this is like one of the first times I felt very like personally involved in the world, like very present in the world because the trainers looked more like our age. They weren't yeah. like kids. Yeah. They, I think like canonically they're more teenagers and they were probably a very similar age to we were when around the, Mm-hmm. the time of the release and you know the the world looked a little bit more familiar and it would it was all the more vibrant because of the graphical upgrades and everything so in in that sense i feel like black and white and black two and white two are fantastic mm-hmm. um about just welcoming us there yeah you know and sort of hitting that audience a little bit better uh sword and shield i I mean, you can customize your trainer. That's something we haven't really talked about. That's yeah. why I introduced that, yeah. having character customization. Uh, I uh, I think that's that's good, but, um, you know, just sort of gravy. Nothing yeah. that really it tips seems, the scales for me. It seems standard for just, like, any sort of game nowadays. Right. Just with social media and everything, you just need to make things your own just to feel more attached to it. Right. It, yeah, you can't. You can't not have it. Right. Which, again, is one of those things where it's like, why hasn't it been like this the whole time? Yeah. <laughs> why did it take so long? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I don't, I don't think the, the lack of it necessarily holds black and white back in any significant way. No. Uh, I, I still felt like very, I, I, I felt very connected to that player character for some reason, <laughs> more than I did sure. in the first four generations. Mm. Um, I'm not sure exactly what that means. But I, again, I think that just speaks to the work that they put in, in creating Unova in, in, in that it's, it's a world with businesses. Yeah. It's a, again, like you said, those Pokemon are present in those businesses. There's, and there's, there's in those larger cities, there's people running by you and there's Pokemon running by you. And there's, 
uh, you know, just so much more going on. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think Gen 5's world is is more diverse than maybe Sword and Shield is. Oh, yeah. Um, so you go from like a city right into a desert with like desert ruins and then yeah. the airport. Um, I can't remember too many other cities at the moment, but I feel like it did a good job of capturing the diversity of American geography, Yeah, which was another like big thing to tackle yeah. alongside of just like rebooting the game. Yeah. Um, I feel like Sword and Shield, the towns are just different for the sake of being different and they don't do much else. Right. They don't like as you're traversing them, like if you, if you were literally just going through the motions in a, a, a space without in, in, in a digital space without textures on it or something, yeah, they wouldn't yeah. feel that different. Yeah. Uh, they, they just feel like spatially like rearranged. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I feel like that's a really good point, and a big beef I do have with Sword and Shield is that yeah. it's very. You mentioned earlier, it's very linear. Yeah, it's finish Just one town onto the next. Missed opportunities like the the fairy town is like beautiful. It's, it's so super cool. cool. But you just like go there. There's a TM there and a gym, and yeah. and then you move on. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's sad. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, and then it's like oh, it's a ghost town with like markets. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, or it's like, oh, there's it's it's an ice town with some hotels, and it happens to be snowing, and there's right. like a, a restaurant nearby and, that happens to like have a, an important a tapestry, hot, or whatever. Hot spring. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah, it it doesn't quite feel as rich as some of the world and some of the towns in, in in black and white do. Yeah, I I definitely there's something super exciting about entering. Castelia, the big city for the first time yeah. you're uh, again anything that just sort of reminds you it's that like the pokemon world is big and that they've created yeah. something really awesome and huge is something else mm-hmm. so yeah I, I i it's odd i didn't expect to be here but i think i'm, I'm leaning towards black and white i yeah. think I think there's something really special about those games and the position that Game Freak put themselves in by saying, we're going to try to do this again, but in a different way. <laughs> yeah, which is weird because we've been talking about like, oh, what is what does this generation bring to the table more yeah. so? But but then again, generation five is just reskinned generation one and two. Yeah. I don't know. Like, are we contradicting ourselves with yeah. our argument here yeah but I, I feel like simplifying it that much isn't correct yeah a bit reductive it, yeah, yeah 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 it really strips away a lot of other things i feel like i just feel like a lot of what black and white does it just like fits everything together really well <laughs> yeah yeah like it's it it did introduce you know it it kept double battles it has triple battles rotation battles rotation battles weren't like super utilized but it it was there and it was doing some some smaller things um but it kept a lot of the strengths of the first four Mm -hmm. generations um i don't think it really abandoned anything it took on you know like seasons and a more interesting plot that again like what i value just pries in a little bit more into the the world of pokemon and what it means so yeah, it, yeah, I wouldn't go uh, as far to say it is a is it is that it's a, a reskin generation one. I think it's mm-hmm. uh, I think it's a celebration of everything really good about about Pokemon. Yeah, uh, it 
it starts doing what I really like about what I value most about generation eight and that it makes the gym leaders important. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, <sighs> okay. So to sort of reevaluate our, 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 our credentials here and our uh, conditions for what makes a really great Pokemon game. I feel like this is generation five touches on a little bit of everything that's great across all eight generations yeah and each is all eight and the other seven generations sort of have their strengths but generation five really sort of brings all of those different strengths together yeah i, yeah. I think i agree with that it, it is it is a good reboot it is like a good polish on previous yeah. established mechanics and and ideas yeah and it, and it does bring new stuff enough new stuff to the table yeah yeah i think yeah. i think that's a great point yeah, so I, I think saying that, I'm willing to throw my hat into the ring for Generation Five is the greatest generation. I think so. I I agree, but I don't know if I'm agreeing with you. Just so we don't say Generation Eight <laughs> is the best generation. Like I don't know. Yeah, I. And we, I, I think what part of me was holding me back about Generation Eight aside from the fact that it's the newest is that it's not complete yet. <laughs> right. We haven't seen the whole thing. Right. Uh, I'm excited to see what's coming. Yeah. I, I think I feel like the DLC is headed in, in, in a really awesome direction, but it's, um, I feel like it, it, it's weaknesses are really clear at this mm. point. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if I see them being repaired. Generation five, it's weaknesses aren't super clear. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I like maybe the story a little bit we touched on. Right. But even but it's still a good story. Right. It's I mean, Pokemon games don't have great stories. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. And we're not playing it for the stories. Right. Um, you know, but it, it as far as any of the generations go, I think this is the strongest. Um, yeah. Because it, you know, has a cool character in, in N. It has, yeah. you know, a, a villain who's. You know, got a cool theme song, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's he, cool. he's like he was like genuinely intimidating, and he was a hard battle mm-hmm. against his like Hydreigon and stuff. That was yeah, pretty wild. The, like under leveled Hydreigon. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. not very. Speedy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I I think maybe you know I haven't made it super clear either that Generation Five feels kind of dark too in a cool way. I mean, right. we sort of touched on that a little bit with the nature of the story, but. I remember for my first time facing the Elite Four and the music is like almost it's yeah. it's like almost haunting. It's really it's like really yeah. intense battle music and all of the Elite Four members are really intimidating. They don't feel like they're there to participate with you. They're just like, no, I'm just gonna F you up. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's really cool. I think to have Pokemon trainers that give off that kind of vibe is really uncommon. And mm-hmm. the fact that black and white pulled it off is cool so yeah i th- I think the reason why black and white isn't just a reskin kind of like uh generation three was is it kind of raised the maturity level is kind of what you were getting at like yeah it, it realized yeah. that um some of the fans are growing up and then there's new fans that are entering at like a, a, a higher age not right not just like catching them all kind yeah. of thing so yeah I, I do appreciate that it did take the efforts to to get dark and and be kind of moody yeah 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 it's it's definitely the first pokemon game with uh, a tone other than Mm -hmm. cartoon (laughs) yeah like go out and adventure yeah yeah Yeah. and i think i think 
my final point on this will be, I feel like the transition from generation to generation, we often focus on what's lost. Mm -hmm. And I can't think of a whole lot that was lost when we got up to generation five. It feels like we really had all of the best of generations one through four and um, that we even tapped into some of the best of, you know, what was to come in later generations too. So, um, and I feel like the, you know, generation eight is missing some stuff. <laughs> Definitely. And more than just Pokemon. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, I feel like there's stuff about the earlier games that I'm, uh, I'm missing in generation mm-hmm. eight. So, um, but generation five has always felt complete. It's always felt like a full world. Yeah. So even, even without like black two and white two, I feel it's, it's pretty good. Yeah. On its own. Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. Um, one more point. Cause yeah. I feel like yeah. this will really seal the deal for us. If there was only one generation of Pokemon to exist, this is again, this is sort of speculative, but yeah. I feel like this again, sort of reinforces why black and white might be the top dog here. If there was only one generation to exist, which one would stand best on its own? Mm-hmm. I think black and white. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree with that. Cause it's, it's got enough from like, you still have internet connectivity mm-hmm. to, to like socialize with people. That's the one that had like the festival plaza stuff yeah. too. So, um, that was fun enough. It yeah. wasn't perfect. Um, yeah, I think, and it's, it's not clunky. It, it doesn't feel mm-hmm. super clunky. You could, nope. could you run without running shoes at that point? Uh, I don't, I don't recall, but I think you could. Yeah. I feel like you could by that point. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was like a platinum thing. They changed that. Right. So like, that's, that's nice. The, like the graphics besides not being in 3d, they, they're pretty good. Yeah. Um, and they're so pretty yeah. indicative of like the aesthetic that we think of when we think of a Pokemon game. Yeah. It's still, still, um, little pixelated avatars Yep. and stuff. Yeah. I miss sprites a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of charm with the sprites yeah. and and like the moving sprites. It was always cool to see like from each generation how the sprites changed. Yeah, like and how they what, approached them. What is what's its stance going to be? You know, I don't know. Right, it was always cool. I cool part. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I th- I think for me that's the that's the nail in the coffin. Yeah, in, in that if, if you were to if someone was to like come off a like Amazonian tribe and be like, I want to play Pokemon. And, and you have to give them one generation. I think generation five would fit best Yeah. to, to introduce them to the series. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This, this has been super surprising, but I, I have the itch to go back and play black and white again. Uh, I, I think it's safe to say we can call that the, the greatest generation, generation five. I agree. Um, I, I feel, I feel good about that. Me too. I, I don't feel bad about not giving it to gen eight. Oh yeah. Me neither. <laughs> Yeah, so man, this is this was great. We have been going on for a, a, a long a time, but it's again the the Pokemon world, the Pokemon franchise is huge. There's it's it's much more than just a cartoon on TV. It's much more than just that original red and blue and yellow. There's yeah. a lot to play and enjoy here, and black and white is probably the best among it. So yeah, Generation Five, the greatest generation. Okay, great. Well, thanks so much, everybody, for listening to this episode of Who You Got. Jake, thank you so much thank for you. joining me on this episode. Really it's appreciate been, it. It's been great. I yeah. think we got a lot of good good things I haven't thought about yet. And Yeah. Yeah. 
it's I, I I love taking something as you know it, Pokemon is ubiquitous in our lives and it's great to right. put it under the microscope a little bit mm-hmm. so especially now as we see the the franchise really taking a what I think is a positive turn with a lot of what Sword and Shield is doing so, yeah yeah I, I think so and I hope it keeps getting getting cooler I'm yeah. excited for for what is it June June comes out yes Isle of Armor I'm excited yep me too. And hopefully you folks are excited out there, too. So um, how did your bracket match up to ours? Probably a little bit different. But hey, that's okay. Let us know where you might have differed on our decisions here on today's episode of Who You Got. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And if you have any counter arguments to the way we handled things, love to hear it. Feel free to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can interact with us there. Be happy to hear your thoughts. Once again, thank you again for tuning in to Who You Got. My name is Nathan Hammond. We'll see you next time.